0: here we go saturday april 30th 2022 it is bk here coming at you from beautiful incredible san diego america's finest city obviously please follow me on social media and check me out on twitter for breaking news throughout the week at bravo kilo actual and be sure to slide into those dms with your great news stories on instagram At BK Actual, coming at you guys just about 11:19 a.m. Raring to go here. The ab veins are already popping out, snaking down the upper thighs. Extremely aesthetically pleasing. So, why don't we go ahead and get started? Let's go to South Korea. Two South Koreans have been arrested. On charges of stealing military secrets on behalf of a suspected North Korean spy agent who paid them in cryptocurrency. How about that? A 38-year-old executive at a cryptocurrency company met the agent through an online cryptocurrency community six years ago and has been paid $600,000 U.S. currency in cryptocurrency since February of last year to work for him. According to the South Korean National Police. Together, that North Korean agent and this executive tried to actually hack into the South Korean military's command communication system, but failed. However, they did succeed in recruiting a 29 year old South Korean military officer who helped steal classified military data by taking pictures with a smartphone. Now, the Police did not really provide details about what that stolen data was, but they did say that the officer was paid about $38,000 U.S. in crypto by the agent. Uh, The two South Koreans were arrested earlier this month. It's just now coming out. And now they are facing criminal charges of breaking the country's National Security Act. South Korean police said obviously they could not arrest the North Korean agent who was operating from abroad but that they believed he was a hacker working for the North Korean government, and they aren't naming any of these people. Uh, Remember, the North and South are still technically at war, and they have been since 1950. And this intelligence battle isn't really new. This has been going on for decades. They've been waging these intelligence wars, counter-espionage campaigns. And increasingly, this war is less about guns and more about cyberspace. North Korea themselves is known to run an army of hackers that are trained to disrupt enemy computer networks and steal cash and data because with all of their trade basically crippled by sanctions from the UN and the pandemic, the North has increasingly relied on cyber attacks that target cryptocurrency in these blockchain platforms, and this is according to both South Korean and American intelligence. On Wednesday, the United States cybersecurity firm called Simentech said that a North Korean linked hacker group known as Stonefly recently breached an engineering company uh, with military ties. And earlier this month, the U.S. government blamed another North Korean hacking group known as Lazarus for a $620 million cryptocurrency heist. Uh, this this is crypto. How many times have I told you guys? I do believe in it somewhat, and I do hold a small portion of crypto. But the reality is, uh, it's almost exclusively used to trade for more crypto and by criminal organizations. Like you know, you're not going into Walmart and paying for your groceries in crypto. And maybe you will one day, but I'm just saying, right now, it's not there. And for all these people who keep telling me how secure the blockchain is. There sure does seem to be a lot of these heists. And I actually have another story about non-fungible tokens or NFTs uh, later on. But let's move on for now and continue our international news and go to India, where 11 people were electrocuted to death when their vehicle snagged overhead transmission lines and burst into flames as they rode in a religious procession. Um, this was like, I'm, I'm looking at a picture of it right now because you can kind of see the remains, but it was kind of like a, it's almost like a float with like a chariot on top, some kind of wooden structure on it. And, uh, the, in addition to the 11 people killed, and that included two children, by the way, there were more than a dozen people injured. And this was in the city of Thanjavur, and this is in the Southern part of India. Uh, This vehicle was like nine feet high, right? And it was fashioned in the form of a chariot, and it was pulled by worshipers. Uh, Prime Minister Narendra Modi offered condolences on Twitter. And some of the injured were hurt when they either fell off the vehicle following the electric shock or when they jumped to escape the flames that engulfed the chariot, which carried statues of Hindu deities in addition to the worshipers. Uh boy, that's that doesn't exactly posit a good argument for a higher being, right? I mean, you're sitting there in a religious parade with your religious deities and uh statues and such on board celebrating your your god, your deity and fucking hits a power line and kills fucking 11 people. I don't know. I you know. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying I'm not a complete atheist. I'm pretty agnostic. I would like to believe there's something, but then again I do this podcast and I read these horrors out to you guys every single week and um it's sometimes hard to believe. But on the other hand, I have had some miracle stories as well. So, who knows? Let's go to Colombia and they were having uh, a hearing about basically extrajudicial ju- killings by the Colombian military and they In this hearing, a military general and 10 others acknowledged this week that they had committed war crimes and crimes against humanity. They were kind of testifying, in a way, at this two-day hearing. This was the first, kind, the first of its kind in a special court, and this was all about the legacy of Colombia's civil war. It was set on a stage in a theater in Ocania, which is a small city in Northern Colombia, and that Ocania was the scene of many of the crimes, the general, nine other military officers, and a civilian admitted to orchestrating the killings of at least 120 civilians and trying to pass them off as rebel combatants. Uh, this, this whole case, this, this scandal, is known as the false positives scandal. And uh, the killings were kind of used to bolster the country's argument that they were winning the war against these rebels. That Colombian Civil War, and I'll have more on it in a minute, basically goes back to all the 1960s. The retired general was a guy named um, General Paulino Coronado Gomez. Uh, And he said um, that basically, quote, I want to express to you that I feel great remorse that tears my soul, end quote. So, this special court is known as the Special Jurisdiction for Peace, and it was set up as part of a 2016 peace deal between the Colombian government and the country's largest rebel group, who you've probably heard of. They are called FARC. That is a Spanish acronym. The English translation of it is the Revolutionary Armed Forces of Colombia, and this hearing does represent the first time that perpetrators have admitted to committing war crimes and crimes against humanity. So, admissions of such, of such crimes, as you can imagine, are extremely rare. Because, obviously, the people who commit them don't want to go to prison for the rest of their life. Um, so, as far as these guys testifying, are they going to go to prison? Well... allegedly those admitting to committing these war crimes will not receive prison sentences, but instead will be given so-called restorative sanctions like house arrest or hard labor. And, but part of what they have to do, what they are required to do is facing their victims. And that is part of the process. In this case, the victim's families, many of which are at these hearings. Um, Apparently, some of the victim's family wanted these retired officers to actually wear their uniforms, but they ended up all wearing uh, civilian clothes. And in this testimony, some of the stuff they talked about were how they engaged in a deliberate strategy This was planned out in which they recruited everyday Colombians, many of them students and poor farmers, with promises of jobs. Then they just killed them and reported the deaths as combat kills. And the people running this show believe that these victims in this particular city are just a small fraction of those killed between 2002 and 2008. That was during the presidency of Alvaro Uribe. In all, the court said in a recent investigative report that the military is responsible for killing 6,402 civilians and claiming they were rebels. And for years, Colombians have wanted to know Who was the guy at the top? Who was the guy orchestrating this? And why didn't Uribe stop it? Now, this hearing has not resolved those questions, but human rights groups and the UN Human Rights Office has raised alarm about these suspicious deaths uh, as far back as 2005. Um, So, anything else about this? Yet one military official, former 2nd Sergeant Sandro Mauricio Perez, said, quote, I became a murderer, a monster for society. I represent for some of you a death machine, end quote. Uh, Now, that is um, not the only people being investigated by the court, this false positive case. And it's not just the side of the government. They are also investigating FARC itself. For example, last year, they, the court, indicted eight former FARC leaders, accusing them of orchestrating a kidnapping for ransom operation that resulted in more than 20,000 victims, some of them whom were raped and murdered. And they, the FARC leaders, have admitted to guilt, and they're going to participate in a similar public hearing Coming up. You know, this is like fucking where there are no good guys here. And just a little bit quick background, Columbia's conflict with FARC began back in the nineteen sixties when two communist leaders declared a rebellion against the state. And this was all about an unequal society. The very few rich people who had everything and a ninety five percent of the rest of the population who had very little. And that was a decades long war. They had you know these marxist left-wing guerrilla groups they had right-wing paramilitaries they had the the national military drug cartels and oh by the way yes the united states was deeply involved that war killed at least 220,000 people it nominally ended in 2016 when the two sides signed a peace deal but despite that peace deal Many parts of the country remain without a government presence, and now they have, guess what, new armed groups coming up. So doesn't seem to be going well in that part of the world at all. Let's go to Russia, and not Russia-Ukraine for once. We'll get into that later. But Russia has released a former United States Marine in a prisoner swap. And this was former Marine Trevor R. Reid. And he had been held for two years in a Russian prison on what his family considers to be a bogus charge of assault. And so this was uh, long awaited. And it's surprisingly that it came in, you know, the midst of this brutal fighting between, uh, you know Russia, Ukraine, And, of course, us. I mean, let's be honest. This is basically, at this point, a U.S.-Russia proxy war. I know we all like to loud the Ukrainians, as I have many times. And, indeed, they have shown great grit and courage in the face of adversity. But they would have been quickly overrun if it wasn't for the U.S. pouring weapons into that country. And we will talk more about the amount of money Joe Biden is giving them in just a moment. Now, there are two other Americans detained in Russia, and I believe I've bu- I've talked about both of them at one point or another. Paul Whelan, he's another former U.S. Marine. He has been sentenced to 16 years in prison on Russia on espionage charges. And then, of course, there's Brittany Griner, the American WNBA basketball player who was taken into custody on drug charges last February. She's still over there. And uh, there's basically a very complicated write-up about how it took place politically. So I'm not going to get into that. But as far as Reed, why was he initially detained? Well, he, he was detained by Russian authorities in August of 2019. He had traveled to Russia, oh boy, to visit his Russian girlfriend, whom he had met on a dating website, <laughs> the old Russian bride. And he wanted to take language lessons. So one week before he was supposed to come back to the U.S., he went out to a party at a park uh, just outside Moscow, where he did drink extensive amounts of vodka. Um, shockingly, he then got agitated, and his girlfriend and friends called the police. Officers who arrived at the scene took him in, and then he was interviewed by Russian state security agents, and right after that he was accused of assaulting and endangering the lives of the two police officers who had driven him there. Ugh. Then he spent 11 months in a Russian jail, Then he was sentenced to nine years in prison. And his lawyer said that that was the first time that such a severe punishment had been applied for that kind of crime. Well, uh, undoubtedly. Uh, Reed said the case against him was political and linked his troubles to Russia to his military affiliation. He was in a penal colony in the Russian Republic of Mordovia. They threw him in solitary. His health rapidly deteriorated. He was not allowed to call home or receive books and letters, so he began a hunger strike last November. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's that's brutal. I, I will say this: if you want to look at a silver lining, I bet his fucking language skills are probably pretty much on point by now. Um, yeah, I'm uh, just looking at uh, other. Stuff here. Oh, well, who, who did we uh, who did we trade him for? Because I said a prisoner swap. Well, we had a guy named. Where's his full name? Sorry, guys. This this is jumping around quite a bit here, which is I, I don't really care for. So I have to kind of scroll up and down. I, I have the last name Yaroshenko. Uh Con, here it is, Konstantin Yaroshenko. Yaroshenko. He was a Russian pilot. And he's 53 years old now. He had he'd had worked some jobs in Africa, but in 2010, he was detained and charged in connection with a foiled scheme to fly cocaine to Liberia and Ghana from South America. And Americans said, look, this guy participated in this with the knowledge that some of the drugs would wind up in the United States. He had never before did Yaroshenko set foot in the United States. Nevertheless, he was deported here to stand trial in 2011. And he was sentenced to 20 years in prison. Uh, So, and and indeed Reed's lawyers are accusing Russia of arresting Reed and Whelan, the other U S Marine specifically for the purpose of exchanging them for Russians held in American prisons. And, And there's a couple others that we have. We also have a guy named Victor Bout, who was convicted by an American court of arms dealing and sentenced in 2012 to 25 years in prison, and a guy named Roman Siliznev, a Russian hacker who was arrested in the Maldives and later convicted in the U.S. for running a vast credit card and identity theft operation. (laughs) Yeah, so hopefully we get uh, Wheelin out of there, Griner out of there. By the way, Griner, the WNBA player, because she remember she had those uh, she had some vape cartridges in her luggage with you know, marijuana vape cartridges. And they have strict drug laws over there. If she's convicted on drug charges, she could get up to 10 years in prison. They haven't had a lot going on about her case because the lawyers and her family, have uh kind of clammed up on the advice of some people with experience because you know it's like you don't want to be on tv like rattling the cage just let the tension, you know you got one just let it play out behind the scenes so we'll uh hopefully get them back pretty soon let's go to iran and i i I think i talked about this um maybe a a, a podcast or two ago but I, i just want to mention it quickly you might recall that an Afghan immigrant in Iran walked into one of the holiest shrines in Iran. He drew a knife and he stabbed three Iranian clerics multiple times. He killed two of them and severely wounded the third. And it was this was at the Imam Reza shrine in um, Mashhad. And now that kind of started this chain of events that has spiraled into ethnic tensions in Iran and Afghanistan and a diplomatic crisis. Indeed, both countries have sent troops to the Iranian-Afghanistan border. Uh, So now, you know, they they got diplomacy going on. A Taliban delegation is supposed to travel to Tehran for talks. But um, now you have all kinds of Iranians pissed off and there's a lot of videos floating around social media of Iranians harassing Afghans and those started circulating on Afghan social media and now they're all pissed off about the Iranians and it got so bad protesters in Afghanistan attacked Iran's consulate in Herat and called for military action against Iran in response to that Iran suspended their consular services in afghanistan for 10 days Uh, but you know afghanistan doesn't have a lot of sway here because a lot of afghans have been fleeing the taliban and trying to seek refuge in iran so if iran wants to you know pull out the sticks they'll just expel every afghan refugee in their country and send them right the hell back Uh, but this week According to a report in Iranian media, Tehran sent troops and tanks near the border with Afghanistan after a fight broke out between border guards. And this happened when the Taliban attempted to build a road at the frontier, and then the Taliban built up some of their troops. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty wild, and you know, and I just this is a little bit of a fucking uh, off ramp here, but I can't help. I'm looking at a picture of Taliban soldiers right now. <laughs> They're indistinguishable in many ways from U.S. troops. I'm talking about the guns, they got the ballistic helmets, the Mitch helmets, the fucking ear pro, the vest, the tack gear, the boots. Boy, I'm sure freaking glad that we just left all that gear over there, man. That's so freaking great. God. Yeah, they don't look like they look remember when the war started and everybody was like in robes and, uh, and and they had an AK with like iron sights, you know, a few RPGs, few dishkas, few PKMs. And that was pretty much it. And now they're walking around with fucking night vision and IR lasers and all kinds of other stuff. That's just that that that's wonderful. I mean, they were as I've often said, they were pretty tactically good. When they just had the iron sights and the RPGs. So they're, and then now after 20 years of combat, now having IR lasers and NVGs and all the other shit, they're um, no doubt formidable. Let's go to Mexico. Police found 150 skulls at what they thought was a crime scene, but then they did some dating and it turns out that the victims, who were almost all women, by the way, were ritually decapitated. Over a thousand years ago. You guys know I like the archaeology stuff, but this was in a cave near the Guatemalan border. And it it took a it it took ten years of tests and analysis, and they're just announcing now that the skulls were from sacrificial victims killed between nine hundred AD and twelve hundred AD. But at first the cops thought they were looking at some kind of fucking cartel, you know, drug war grave, which is, let's face it, not an uncommon thing to find in mexico uh yeah and yeah here we go in in 2012 when they found this they they were at the border town the border area of guatemala around the town of frontera comalapa Comalapa. and that particular area has been plagued by violence cartel violence and immigrant tracking and pre Spanish skull piles in Mexico usually show a hole bashed through each side of every skull, and they were usually found in ceremonial plazas, not caves. But this week, experts are saying that the victims in the cave had probably been ritually decapitated, and the skulls put on display in those in a kind of trophy rack. And you guys have probably seen some of those before when it comes to the Aztec stuff. You know, the skulls all lined up in rows. Spanish conquistadors wrote about seeing those racks in the 1520s, and some Spaniard's heads even wound up on them. Now, while usually strung on wooden poles using those holes bashed through them, that was the common practice, they think these cave skulls may have rested atop poles rather than being strung upon them in a row. And... Um, yeah, this is, this is what, and, and, you know, they found a few of these in 2015, they found, archaeologists found the main trophy rack of sacrificed human skulls at Mexico City's Templo Mayor Aztec ruin site. And then that same year, artifacts found at the Zoltepec Tocuaque, the Aztec fucking names kill me. That site, they revealed evidence from when hundreds of people in a Spanish led convoy were captured, sacrificed, and yes, apparently eaten. We got some cannibalism. This always cracks me up when people talk about, you know, like they, these historians, they constantly act like, you know, the pre, you know, pre European South America, North America was this, you know, blissful place where everybody lives in harmony with nature and each other. And there's a complete opposite of what they say. It was a brutal place with human sacrifice, ritual killings, decapitations, tribes killing the shit out of one another. It was no different than what was going on in, in Europe in the you know fourteen hundreds, fifteen hundreds, from time immemorial, really. But yeah, pretty fascinating. So let's go now to Ontario, Canada, where four military cadets at the Royal Military College have died. In an early morning vehicle accident, and they say it was at the institution's campus, and this is in Kingston, Ontario. They said that the cadets died in a car accident about 2 a.m. Friday. And a statement from the Defense Department said that the car they were riding in entered the waters at Point Frederick Peninsula. And basically, that's all we really know at this time. Uh, so what is is this? Like some kind of, some kind of like, were they racing, you know, a prank, something? I don't know. But the, at the end of the day, the four cadets are dead. So it's pretty, pretty sad. Um, okay. What else do I want to do here? Let's go. Well, let's go to something fun and go to Thailand. Thailand. And I, you know, I'm pretty sure this is real because I did see multiple news stories about it, and I'm seeing pictures of the guy and everything else. But I am going to do the rare uh, thing about taking this story with a very tiny grain of salt, although I do believe it is real. But this, I'm talking about the Royal Thai Navy. The Royal Thai Navy has ordered an investigation into the conduct of a drill sergeant Who has been accused on social media of allegedly forcing new conscripts to drink water mixed with his own semen? Yes, they have suspended this non-commissioned officer named Thaksin Nagakpali, and he's a he's a like you know drill instructor just like we have. And this is uh, just like what we have when a drill instructor has recruits and everything else. So they are taking this seriously and they do appear to be real because the Royal Thai Navy spokesman, some guy named Pokrong Monthatfulen, admitted Friday, yesterday... That an initial check of the social media reports have con- has confirmed that the allegation has grounds, adding that the incident took place in October of last year. Uh, and, and and Vice Admiral Pakrong, same guy, the spokesman, he offered an apology to the conscripts and their families for the alleged abuse. So <laughs> this uh, this is uh, this is not uncommon. In foreign militaries, is this kind of, I don't know what you want to call it, hazing. An investigation and report by Amnesty International in 2020 claimed that the Thai military routinely subjects new conscripts to beatings, humiliation, and yes, sexual abuse, which often amounts to torture. Uh, new cadets have been subjected to all kinds of maltreatment by their seniors, senior cadets. They had an infamous case back in 2017 of a guy named Pakapong Tanyakan, a first-year cadet at the Armed Forces Academy's preparatory school who died of sudden heart failure after he was subjected to punishment. Um, And then the family of that guy doubted the declared cause of his death because his body was apparently sent to them with some organs removed without their consent. Wow. Uh, that case is also now being reviewed. <sighs> okay. And yes, I do have several other bodily fluid-related stories coming up soon, so stand by on that. Um, Alright, let's uh, go to quickly Ukraine, Russia. 65 days in now. Then. And you know what, I, I, this is definitely going to just grind out for a long time. But let's talk about the latest. First of all, the West is increasingly supporting Ukraine. The European Union is poised to approve an embargo on Russian oil. And um, that's going to be interesting. This oil embargo is supposed to, supposedly going to be phased in. Uh, Over a period of some months. And that is this, this embargo is expected to be approved by EU ambassadors next week. So this oil embargo came amid a surge of activity to provide Ukraine with more weapons and support while shoring up NATO's defenses as the Kremlin and Western allies seem to gird for a drawn out struggle. Yeah, like I told you weeks ago. Now, let's talk about this. President Joe Biden requested Thursday for Congress to approve $33 billion to give basically uh, weapons and bolster Ukraine's economy. And that is on top of the $13.5 billion we've already given them. So that's $50 billion right there, right? So here's my question. Is this just a blank check? Is there going to be any debate on this? Because so far it seems to have pretty unanimous uh, approval no debate whatsoever. I, and I, I honestly believe this because the hysteria, especially in the opening days, was so great that everybody is just too scared to even even like, hey, maybe we should talk about this for a minute. I mean, yes, as you guys know, through the past podcasts, I very much I hope Ukraine beats them back, but I don't want any Americans going to die for that. And now I'm starting to question, you just heard me read, they expect it to be a long, drawn-out war, so what's the next fucking check going to be? So it's gone from $13.5 billion now it's $33 billion. what if they're still going out at it two months from now? Then what? Then what's the, the, the amount going to be? You know what I'm saying? And in the meantime, we have people struggling all over this country, our own border, which I'll talk about later, is being completely annihilated, and... This is the only thing that seems to have like unanimity and vast approval among Congress, and nobody even like talks about it. Nobody even discusses it. And I'm, I'm saying, okay, let's discuss it both ways. Even if you're for it, can we have some Congress people stand up in Congress and publicly go on the record and explain why and how much and how long it should go on? They're not even doing that. They're just writing the checks. So... Something to think about. And I really do believe that anybody, people are scared. If, if you even question it, you're labeled as some kind of Putin stooge. Because that's what everybody was doing, especially in the first couple of weeks. If you're like, even question like, well, why are we getting involved with this? They're like, what do you love, Putin? <laughs> it's like, no, I don't love Putin. I think he's a crazy psycho. But I also don't want a bottomless fucking pit of money and weapons flowing into Eastern Europe. I mean, who knows where all those weapons are going to go? You know Russia has already captured some of those n laws and javelins, so I'm just saying, can we friggin talk about it at least? Britain's military said they are going to deploy eight thousand soldiers to Europe and they will join tens of thousands of troops for NATO from NATO other NATO countries and exercises meant to deter further Russian aggression. Meanwhile, in the background of all this, the Russians are um still at it in the Donbass region of eastern Ukraine and they have uh, heavy battlefield losses I believe, I don't have it in front of me our US has estimated that Russia has lost at least 15,000 troops dude that is just that's incredible to me especially on two months in um that's hard to believe. Imagine if, imagine if that happened to, uh, to us in Afghanistan. The American people would be rioting in the streets. Uh, anything else on here? Uh, the U.S. has told Indonesia, by the way, that we oppose the Russian president Vladimir Putin participating in a group of 20, otherwise known as G20. Uh, they're having a meeting that Indonesia is hosting in November and that we are telling Indonesia that we do not want them there. However, we do welcome Indonesia's decision to invite President Volodymyr Zelensky of Ukraine. Now, that would be great. Can you imagine those two guys in the same room? No. Why Why are we opposing that? If we're inviting Zelensky, absolutely invite Putin. Let's see them fucking yell at each other. That would be great TV. Are you kidding me? They'd carry that live on every broadcast station here. Um... And Russia's foreign minister, a guy we've talked about many times over the years, Sergei Lavrov, is accusing the U.S. and European Union of using the war in Ukraine to battle Russia. Well, yeah, like I said earlier, it's definitely a proxy war between the West, namely the U.S. and Europe, against Russia. That's absolutely true. Uh, Russian troops are also being accused of plundering more than 2,000 items from the museums of uh, Mariupol, the the city that they were besieging the last couple of weeks. Um, anything else about here? An American died fighting in Ukraine, a former Marine infantryman who left Kentucky. That was Willie Joseph Cancel junior, 22 years old. He had been working as a correctional officer before his death. Um, yeah, his uncle spoke out and he said that someone who had been fighting alongside cancel had called his father and said that he had left for a nighttime patrol on April 24th and that his unit was overrun by Russian troops possibly the next day. That's. I can't stress this enough, guys. Don't go fight in Ukraine. Told you that from the very beginning, and I'm going to keep rearing that until you guys listen to me. This is no joke. Stop doing that. Um. What else about Russia? They've just been in this Donbass region. It's been really, like, really fierce combat. So... I want to get more of this. Oh, by the way, we have, or at least the Ukrainians have singled out 10 specific Russian soldiers for the atrocities in that city of Bucha. Remember that? That was the one where there were dead bodies all over the street. B And they were able to do this by putting together radio intercepts, satellite images, security footage, uh, and uh, witness statements, and even social media posts. And they did find like ten guys specifically. They had hundreds of Ukrainian law enforcement agents who have spent weeks doing this, and they were aided by a team of Ukrainian journalists as well. And they were basically putting them all out on on the uh, on this. And you know this, these are victims who have been shot in the back of the head. Executed with hands tied behind their backs. Ukrainian officials said that women had been raped. Children killed. Corpses lay on the streets for weeks. And um, they put pictures out on their Ukrainian social media. Of course, Russian officials have denied that their troops committed any war crimes. They are calling the images and witness accounts fake. So... They're lying like usual is Russia. That's all they do. Everything is a lie. Everything's propaganda. And um, let's, I really don't want to go too much into it because I, you know, it's, it's kind of getting, I'm kind of getting over it too. I mean, I'm going to cover it every week a little bit, but uh, meanwhile, I do have a a video clip here for you guys. You've probably heard this already, but this clip, which I'm looking at right now has 3.3 million views on Twitter. It was the Joe Biden clip where he's talking about the Russian oligarchs, and it is fucking comedy. Let's go ahead and play the clip. Of, uh,
1: that will enhance our underlying effort to accommodate the Russian oligarchs uh, and make sure we take their, take their, their ill-begotten gains.
0: Be, ill-begotten gains. <laughs> We're going to accommodate
1: them. We're going to seize their yachts, their luxury homes, and other ill-begotten gains of Putin's kleptocracy. Uh, yeah kleptocracy, and klep- the guys who are the kleptocracies, <laughs> but these are bad guys.
0: Um, <laughs> okay, like see, yeah. what do you what is that, dude? Come on, I'm telling you, go back and listen to Joe Biden. Like a perfect one is when he was debating Paul Ryan in the VP debate from like I don't know what was that, ten years ago now. He sounds nothing like this, and the loser friggin' journalists are sitting there going, "How dare you!" the man has a stutter i'm like he's not stuttering and he had a stutter 10 years ago too he had a stutter 30 years ago too when he was in the, when he was a senator he was sharp and he was actually known for being quite bombastic this is this is that they're so pathetic the media this is clearly a man in mental decline and guy it's i've said it many times there's no shame in it you know i'm going to be that way one day but I'm also not president of the fucking free world. Can't we? And I'm so I'm tired of all these old fossils like Biden and Pelosi and Bernie Sanders and fucking uh, Chuck Schumer, and they're all they've all been around forever. They've all they're all like a thousand years old. Can we not? Can we elect some younger people, especially the Democrats? Remember the Democrats are supposed to be the party of the hip youth. Look who runs the Democratic Party. They're a bunch of ancient fucking creatures, dude. Nancy Pelosi. Do you watch her talk at a podium? I made the comment that if you turn the sound down, it looks like she's casting a spell, cause she's flapping her arms around and like waving her hands, and her eyes are all bulged out. I'm uh, that's the only the first thing that popped in my mind. I'm like, my God, this looks like a, some kind of druid summoning a demon or something. I mean, come on, let's get some youth. Tired of this? What else do I have here? Yeah, that's it for uh, Ukraine, rushes. Forget about it. Uh, let's go to uh, well. Let's go to another um, semen story. You guys know I, I've covered these throughout the years, and they're some of my favorites. A fertility doctor who was accused of using his own sperm instead of sperm donors has been ordered to pay millions of dollars in restitution. A jury in Colorado has awarded $8.75 million to the plaintiffs in a civil lawsuit who accused him of using his own sperm to impregnate at least a dozen women via artificial insemination. Um, The judgment was awarded to Cheryl Emmons, her husband, and two of her daughters, and their lawyer said those daughters were fathered by this Dr. Paul B. Jones. Uh, in addition to the Emmonses, seven other families filed this. Uh, five of the families did settle for an undisclosed amount. This one was a jury award. And now two other claims against Dr. Jones are still going on. Um, it, this is funny. He... In 2019, when this lawsuit was filed, Dr. Jones refused to tell a reporter from KUSA in Denver whether he had fathered the children named in a the lawsuit. They straight up came and asked him, like, well, did you do this? This, listen to this quote. He said at the time, quote, I don't deny it. I don't admit it. End quote. Okay. <laughs> well, well, then you fucking did it. And then he gave up his physician's license in November of 2019. That was just days after the families filed the suit. They do think this guy fathered at least 17 children with 12 women from 1975 to 1997. He impregnated Ms. Emmons by artificial insemination after suggesting that he would find a doctor or medical student to be her sperm donor. And yes, he never told the family that he was the one providing the sperm sample. That's great. And of course, as I've talked about in the past... This all unraveled with the advent of the home DNA kits. Yep, that's right. You know, these guys fucking never saw this technology coming. They never saw back in like 1975 that one day you'd be able to buy a kit from Ancestry.com and fucking look back at your DNA and track down everything and they never saw it coming. So that's how they're all getting busted now. And I will continue to make the same joke every time I do one of these stories. It just kills me because I'm picturing in my head him having the conversation like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, No, no, I'm going to find you a doctor. Oh, yeah. Fucking genius guy. Harvard doctor. Medical student at Harvard. Fucking also he's jacked, tan, fucking nine inch dick, fucking abs. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah, I got that. And then he hangs up the phone. And he's like, "Fuck that, dude!" And he fucking pulls out his dick and just jacks it right there into the tube. It's like, yeah, this will work. How's she ever gonna know? She's never. And plus, hey, I'm a doctor. I mean, he's not wrong. He did say he'd find a doctor, right? He did find a doctor. Man, I just can't believe it, dude. And, like, do you think he, like, jizzed right into the test tube? Or do you think he just fucking, like, scooped it up with a spoon? Or something? I know I'm getting gross here. But I just have all these... Like, once I start picturing it in my head, I'm like, how exactly did this play out logistically? And then you have to immediately, like, put the tube in the fridge. I don't know how it works. That's all I'm saying. So, anyway, that's uh, those are always amusing stories. I will cover those every time. Let's go... Oh, let's talk about the orange man quickly. We have an update here. Oh, my God. The libs were going crazy about this. How about this? Likely. Here's the headline. The New York Times. Likelihood of Trump indictment in Manhattan fades as grand jury wraps up. Yes, the Manhattan district attorney is continuing to investigate Donald J. Trump, but knowledgeable people, according to New York Times, say charges are unlikely to occur in the foreseeable future, if ever. <laughs> oh that's so funny dude oh yeah they were besides themselves on twitter yesterday hey, who did who did he pay off check that district attorney's bank account all this shit like that hilarious dude remember he had been facing potential criminal charges from the grand jury this year over his business practices but in the week since the Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg stopped presenting evidence to the jurors about Trump, new signs have emerged that he will not be an indicted in Manhattan in a foreseeable future, if at all. Um, some of what are these signs? Well, at least three of the witnesses, once central to the case, like they were considered, like, hey, these are the people who are going to bring down the Orange Man. Well. Three of them have either not heard from the district attorney's office in months or have been not, have been not asked to testify at all. And I think I talked, mentioned this a few weeks back. A prosecutor in the Manhattan district attorney's office who played a key role in the investigation has stopped focusing on a potential case about Trump. And that followed the resignation earlier this year of the two senior prosecutors leading the investigation. And the remaining prosecutors working on the Trump investigation have abandoned the so-called war room they used to prepare for their grand jury presentation earlier this year, leaving behind an expansive office suite and conference room. (laughs) Now this grand jury, you guys know they, they convene grand juries for a set amount of time. Now it could be a month, could be three months, whatever. So this particular grand jury's time expires at the end of April tomorrow or no today it's the 30th right yeah so that now now they can impanel another grand jury but that just that doesn't look good you know like if you, if you and it doesn't look good for the prosecutors either like if you if you put together a grand jury and they decline to indict somebody you putting together a whole new grand jury and presenting the same shit now it looks like you're just singling out and as i've said oftentimes in the past i'm sure trump has committed all kinds of financial crimes as have every other real estate developer who worked in Manhattan in the 1960s, 70s, 80s. Of course they did. They had fucking union guys to deal with, the mafia. I'm sure there was all kinds of crime going on. But you know what? It's fucking victimless crime as far as I'm concerned. I mean, how does it affect me? It doesn't at all. It's not like he beat somebody or killed somebody. Or maybe he did. It is Trump. You never really know. Uh, So in recent week, Bragg, the uh, DA... He has issued a few additional subpoenas that do indicate they are continuing to investigate, but have not found a new path to charging Mr. Trump. Oh, this is too great! This is a very long story at the New York Times, but you know what he, you know what Bragg is doing right now because he he's saying he's coming out and he's saying, "Oh no, we're we're interviewing new witnesses. We got additional evidence. Uh, you know, this is a work in progress." you know all of that is to please his radical far left base whose only living care in the world is to see trump dragged out of trump tower in irons and perp walked down 5th Avenue right into the fucking city jail that's what they live for and i guys i'm telling you i'm on t- i know a lot of you are not on twitter but that's where all this. Sh- that's where the really the radical far left resist nuts Reside. And this is literally their only hope in life because they're such losers. They really have nothing else going on. And like I said, they were completely devastated by this yesterday. So friggin' funny, dude. Um, and yeah, so, so the, remember, this is the criminal investigation. The New York State Attorney General, Letitia James, she does appear to be continuing action against Trump as part of her inquiry into whether he falsely inflated the value of his assets and annual financial statements. But that's like fucking nothing. Again, once they one, they all do that. And that's a white collar crime. And say he was convicted of that. He's not going to go to prison, which is what the resistance desperately wants. He'll fucking pay a fine or some shit like that. So anyway, comedy gold about uh, old Drumpf. Yesterday, And speaking of politicians, let's go to my man, Representative Bumbling Hapless Madison Cawthorn of North Carolina. You guys know I enjoy bashing him. Yes, he is a Republican. I know many of you guys are, and he's very MAGA. And I know many of you guys are too, but that as I, you know, I, I just keep saying it. You can find a guy who's very MAGA and very Republican and who's actually accomplished something. And just as an added bonus is not a huge goofball like this guy. You can't, there's plenty of them out there. Why this guy? I, I know one of my, um, uh, my buddies, Christina Wong from Breitbart, she, uh, finds him very attractive. So, Is that it? Maybe that's, I mean, he's a good looking guy. But yeah, he's uh, got uh, all kinds of shit going on. Remember, we've covered him a couple times in the past. Uh, he, he's been uh, suggesting that his Republican colleagues routinely throw, throw cocaine-fueled orgies, and that really fucked him, because that's going after your allies. Like, what are you doing? Like, that just shows how stupid he is. Um, he's been accused of insider trading and an inappropriate relationship with a male aide. And then finally, and most retardedly, I'm sorry, guys. I know many of you don't like that word, but it's so applicable in this case. This week, he was detained at an airport where police said he tried to bring a loaded handgun onto an airplane. And when I first saw that, I was like, oh, they're talking about the, you know, this is, that's an old story. No, this is the second time the idiot did it. Like, what are you doing? How is it? What are you, Stupid. Like, he just seems, like, stupid. Like, what would ever possess you to do that? (laughs) Uh, Oh, and also, by the way, last month he was charged with driving with a revoked license for the second time since 2017. And as I said, you don't want to alienate your allies. Um, A lot of now Republicans in North Carolina have been dumping money into an ad campaign and they're accusing Cawthorn of being a fame-seeking liar. And oh, by the way, just off the top of my head, in addition to all those scandals, remember he kind of lied about his friend when he suffered the car accident that paralyzed him. You know, he said his friend like ran off and never helped. And his friend was actually like, dude, what are you talking about? I like literally dragged you out of the car accident, which which police agreed and, and that was backed up. And then... Uh, it's, it's just, then the Naval Academy thing, where he was like, yeah, I, I got accepted in the Naval Academy, but then I got in an accident, and the Naval Academy was like, dude, we, didn't, we never accepted you in here. Just stupid shit like that, and then most offensive to me was when he was on the Zoom panel, because he's part of the Veterans Affairs Committee, and they were holding a hearing about, like, disability or something very important to veterans, and the fucking dipshit is sitting there cleaning his gun on the Zoom video, just looking bored out of his mind, and it's like, just a clown bro you're a fucking clown grow up i understand he's a young man and and yes i do understand if i was put in a wheelchair i don't know how old he was he's 26 now right youngest guy in congress if i was put in a wheelchair i'd probably be pretty fucked up too mentally but you're the one who put yourself out there to be in congress and the best thing you can do is be an example now, if you want to influence people, be a positive example, and you are far from that. Now, and then he wrote on uh, Twitter, he kind of blamed uh, the Republicans who were targeting him because he threatened the status quo. Um, there is a primary in North Carolina, Republican primary, on May 17th. So we will... Uh, we will uh, keep an eye on that. That is a heavily conservative district, so the Republicans aren't. Whoever wins the primary is going to win the general. But there, there's other guys, and I've already looked at some of the other guys running there. That's businessmen and guys who've actually accomplished shit in their lives. There are seven Republicans challenging Cawthorn in that primary. So yeah, they just don't like it, dude. And and he just he just does not help himself. You know he. He posted on Twitter this quote. Quote, many of my colleagues would be nowhere near politics if they had grown up with a cell phone in their hands. End quote. Hmm. uh, What is he trying to say with that? Because now he's, the only reason he's in a complete embarrassment is because we live in the world of social media. Is that what he's trying to say? Well, there's plenty of other young people who go about their business and aren't a complete embarrassment. So I don't know what that means. So, Anyway, Cawthorn, yeah. I know a lot of you guys like him, but there's plenty of people to like. You know, there's plenty of people just as conservative and think the way you do. You don't have to go with this guy. And you don't have to defend him. And I won't. Let us go to... Um, what do I want to do here? Well, let's do a few two animal stories. Let's start with bees. Bees, surprisingly, extremely high on the animal hierarchy. And yes, I know they're not an an insect, okay? Fucking spare me. You know what I mean. Well, millions of bees have died. Yeah, they were on their way to Alaska, but they were diverted to Atlanta, and they were left out on a hot tarmac, and they fucking died. Local beekeepers actually tried to come to the rescue. These were 800 pounds of honeybees. And... The person who ordered them arrived at the airport to pick them up and they were like, Oh yeah, those got diverted to Atlanta. There was 200 crates of bees. And that was the first of two shipments coming in from Sacramento designated for more than 300 beekeepers in Alaska. And they wanted them to provide pollination services for apple orchards and nurseries. And apparently the, Cargo did not fit aboard the Seattle-bound flight and had instead been rerouted through the Delta Hub, where they were supposed to go on to Anchorage. And this chick picking out of the airport was kind of worried because, you know, you can't just ship bees. They have to be fed along the way. It's like sugar water, and they must be kept cool. And obviously, Atlanta is uh, pretty fucking sweltering. Honeybees, by the way, are not native to Alaska. They do have to import them. And uh, obviously, you know, bees are extremely important. The pollination process process allows many of these changes to take place within uh, the plant kingdom. And we are hugely dependent on them. And it is a tragedy. So they were supposed to put the bees in a cooler, which they initially were going to. Or no, it says they did. But the bees had somehow been removed from the cooler and put on the tarmac. It was 83 degrees in Atlanta that day. Um, they, some, some guys from the Metro Atlanta Beekeepers Association came to kind of um, try to save them because apparently the Metro Atlanta Beekeepers Association has a swarm hotline. So they immediately went over there and um, tried to get there but 25 percent of the bees had already died oh and by the way the containers had been placed upside down and that made it impossible for the bees to reach their food so it's a bummer man yeah bees should be given top priority like clear the airspace if there's a if there's a fucking shitload if there's you know 800 pounds of bees at an airport it should be like okay every plane fucking stand by we got bees the bees have priority. The bees get the first runway. Just shut off the engines right now. Everybody, get the fuck out. D plane, take the kick the passengers off the plane. Get everybody out. The bees have priority here. That's the way I would run it. And other animal stories: twenty um, percent of reptiles face extinction. Uh, this is mainly because people are taking away their habitats for agriculture, urban development, and logging. This is according to the first global reptile assessment of its kind. And they say at least 1,829 species of reptiles, including lizards, snakes, turtles, crocodiles, are threatened. This was published uh, this week, Wednesday, in Nature magazine. And uh, among reptiles particularly hard hit are turtles with almost 60% of species at risk of extinction and crocodiles with half. Both fairly high on the animal hierarchy. Both groups also are depleted by hunting and fishing. You know, I'm going to say it again. I, there should be an absolute global ban on commercial fishing. in the Worldwide, we should do that. If you want to go fish with your rod and reel with your kids and stuff, and even on a boat, that fine. It should be single rod and reel. None of this long line shit where they stretch the lines out for miles and miles with thousands of hooks on them. None of these nets... That they just scrape along the seafloor and scoop anything up. That's why we're killing the, our seas right there and our animal and our fish population. That shit should be banned. Plus, fish is overrated anyway. It doesn't taste very good, in my opinion. And it, it's like, why, why eat it? And it's got the mercury problems and all kinds of other shit. Like, why would you even eat that when you can eat like I don't know, like I do, grass-fed buffalo, venison, grass-fed elk. I even got the uh, my latest shipment of meat is I got wild caught boar. In addition to the wild caught boar, this is like javelina, basically. They also packaged it up into a chorizo. So I got wild caught boar chorizo. That's why, if you guys follow me on uh, Instagram at BK, actually, you probably saw me making all of those meat dishes. And that's what I've been using, uh, uh, including a bolognese. If you didn't know, a bolognese normally is a sauce used in Italian, but I've just been eating without noodles because I'm trying to keep the ab veins popping. But a bolognese is just basically, it's super easy. You saute fucking gar- uh, saute carrots, onion, celery, and then you dump equal amounts of pork, ground pork, and ground beef. In this case, I use the ground wild boar and the ground wild elk. You brown that up and then pour some marinara sauce or a bunch of tomatoes on top, let it simmer for a few hours, throw some Parmigiano-Reggiano on top, boom, ready to go. Super easy to do. That's what I've been making. Uh, anyway, but back, back, to the, uh, back to the story. This reptile assessment included 52 authors with contributions from more than 900 exports, experts around the world, and it took 15 years to conduct this. So it sounds like we're going to lose a few reptiles. Uh, okay, back to something fun. Let us go to Ireland. An old man, well, not that old, 69-year-old man who, as my page decides to, come on, what the hell? Here we go. 69-year-old David Mowinnie claims to have no memory of standing outside a woman's bedroom window committing a sex act on himself. Yes, he was. He was pleasuring himself, going crazy. Oh, by the way, he does have a history of exposing himself at victim's home. And this latest one was on uh, April 15th. And uh, old Dave... Sitting there wailing away, a passerby actually informed the woman that someone had been standing at the side of her house for up to 10 minutes. When she went to check with a friend, they discovered a man looking in one of the bedrooms. They went back into the bedroom and saw the same man standing at the window with his penis exposed on top of his waistband and pleasuring himself, said a prosecution lawyer. Police were alerted. They arrived at the scene. Mawinney repeatedly shouted and swore at the officers. Probably maybe he hadn't finished yet. And the prosecutor, added, I thought this is a great line. The prosecutor added, quote, during interviews, he stated that he could not recall what had happened as he had been drinking Sambuca since 10 a.m. that morning, end quote. <laughs> Who's drinking Sambuca in the morning? Sambuca, which I only know about because my uncle and dad love to drink that crap after dinner. It is an after dinner drink that you would consume like in the evening. Oh, oh, here's another great line. You know, I love this. Ma'winnie of no fixed abode pled guilty to charges of exposure and disorderly conduct. Okay. No fixed abode. I love the euphemisms they come up with for the vagrants. Yes, Mawinnie, the vagrant. That's a lot more concise than no fixed abode. If you didn't know, abode is a euphemism for a house or a home. Uh, yeah. Oh, he's an educated man, apparently, from a good background. But for the last 10 to 15 years, he's been homeless and seems to prefer living in the streets. What do I always tell you? This is a lifestyle. They enjoy it. He's not a guy who's just down on his luck, dying to go back to work. No. He wants to stay in the street. He wants to drink a Zambuca. He wants to fucking jacket in front of the window. That's his lifestyle. That's what he wants to do. You got to put him away. You have to put him into a, an institution against his will. It's the only thing that ever stops any of this shit. Okay, so guys, I got a lot of clips on this, so let's get to it. Let's talk about the border. Let's start with Greg Abbott, governor of Texas, because uh, the, the libs on Twitter were th- super terrified that he fucking said this. Anyway, the border is being completely overrun um greg abbott the governor has uh been trying to do something on his own but as i predicted weeks ago remember he was going to put them all on a bus and send them to dc and like d- didn't do shit it's done really nothing but he's trying to tighten his own border security texas is a 1250 mile border with mexico and now Abbott is weighing whether to invoke actual war powers to seize much broader state authority on the border. He could do so, advocates inside and outside his administration argue, by officially declaring a quote, invasion, end quote, to comply with a clause in the US Constitution that says states cannot engage in war except when quote actually invaded, end quote. So The big argument I saw on Twitter is like, no, no, what's happening in Ukraine is an invasion. This is not an invasion. And I'm like, well, in both cases, large amounts of foreign nationals are coming uninvited over a sovereign nation's border, a a separate sovereign nation. Yes, Russia is using tanks to do it. They weren't you know and both groups, by the way, you're uninvited and you're specifically warned not to do it. Don't come. The Ukrainians did that to Russia. We've done that at the with Mexico and the Latin American countries and guess what they ignored us and they came anyway. So what's the word that you would call that? What, just because they don't have guns? I don't see the, I honestly I do not see the difference, especially when it's hundreds of thousands and I'll get to the number in a moment. Um so anyway, Abbott has of course mobilized thousands of National Guard troops, and of course we had the tragedy of the National Guard soldier. Um that's a uh, fucking just horrible. The National Guard soldier was assigned to that mission. Twenty two years old. He was attempting to rescue two migrants, as the New York Times writes. It turns out so they're probably actually drug smugglers. Yeah, it's horrible. So um, I'll have more on that in a second too. So Abbott is doing what he can, but he probably won't be able to do anything. Now, what else? Let's talk about, I mentioned the numbers. The illegal immigrant population in America, this is not the amount of people encountered at the border. This is not the total amount of illegal aliens who cross the border because many have been deported. This is the illegal immigration population currently in America. That population has increased by 1 million people in biden's first year in office you believe that shit that's like that's that's like half the size of san diego alone and by the way they're all going to have lots of children who are automatically american citizens and studies have shown like at least 70 percent of all immigrants both legal and illegal vote for the democratic party which is the root of this entire mess they do not want it to stop yeah, but they think it grew from fourteen point five million in twenty twenty to fifteen point five million now, and that is a study by, in fairness, by a conservative uh, group, the Fair Group, F A I R. Um, that's uh, what does that stand for again? Uh, Federation for American Immigration Reform. And we spend an additional uh, many billions of on it too. Yeah. they 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 think this this probably costs the taxpayer at least $10 billion more. And they estimate that we spend $140 billion on illegal immigration per year. Fucking completely insane. And also, Title 42, we talked about that. That was the pandemic-era public health order in which we used to turn away many illegal immigrants from the border. Well... The Biden administration, remember, is trying to get rid of that rule because they want the flood to continue. And a judge has now issued a temporary order to keep Title 42 in place after a lawsuit from Missouri, Louisiana, and Arizona. The original Title 42 was supposed to expire on May 23rd. 21 states have signed on to the lawsuit requesting a delay in ending it. See, I I don't think like, of course, I want Title 42 to remain in place, but I don't have a lot of faith because when they enacted it, they said it's a it's an emergency order from COVID. And if COVID is not a threat anymore, then the people trying to get rid of it are going to argue, well, then why do we have to have this law? So let's get rid of it. But for right now, anyway, it is supposed to stay. Border Patrol agents and DHS explain that if Title 42 is lifted, they would expect up to 18,000 encounters with illegal immigrants per day on the southern border. That is more than double the current rate of 7,000, and more than triple Department of Homeland Security's operational capacity of 5,000. Uh, Biden has said he will comply with the courts if judges say they cannot lift. Title 42. And of course, the radical far left open borders nuts in the Democratic Party are very mad at him for that. But you actually do have uh, several Democrats who are all in border districts who really don't want this to be lifted. And honestly, you know what? This is kind of a good thing for Biden politically because he's being pressured on all his fucking border advisors are fucking radical far left activists, right? They're not serious people. And they just, they basically do not want a border. They won't say that. They'll just be like, well, we need to let everybody in. And then we don't want to deport anyone, which ipso facto is an open border. So he is probably relieved because he can turn to his activists and all the people screaming at him all day and say, Hey, I want to get rid of it, but look, the court stopped me and I have to respect the court. So it's actually kind of good for him. Also, the Supreme Court is hearing about that Remain in Mexico program, known formally as the Migrant Protection Protocols. That's the program that the Trump, Institute, uh, Trump administration instituted, which, by the way, was a huge success. And it required some migrants to wait in Mexico while their cases are heard. So the Supreme Court is now hearing arguments on this. And this applies to people who left a third country and traveled through Mexico to reach the U.S. border. Yeah, that's something I've always bitched about. I'm like, why? why should you be able to go thousands of miles through multiple countries, then show up at our border, and then say, oh, no, I'm claiming asylum? Oh, you couldn't have claimed asylum in one of the dozen countries you passed through? It's always been ridiculous and fake. It's not about asylum. It's economics. They want jobs. That's all. They use the fake asylum thing. It's fake. So after the policy was put in place at the beginning of 2019, people, tens of thousands of them, had to wait in Mexico. And then, of course, right after took office, because he had to undo everything the orange man did, Biden sought to end the program. Well, lower courts have reinstated it. Because lower courts said that federal immigration laws require returning immigrants who arrive by land and who cannot be detained while their cases are heard. So um, th- this is very, this is very complex. So what one law that we have on the books says that the federal government quote shall detain end quote. That means you have to do it shall detain immigrants while they wait consideration of their immigration proceedings. But Congress has never allocated enough money, right? Because in 2021, we, the U.S. government, had the capacity to detain about 34,000 illegal immigrants while their cases are heard, right? Well, guess how many illegal immigrants we processed in 2021? Try 670,000. Yeah, yeah, that's almost 20 times the number we have capacity for. So um, it's a it's it's very interesting article. I, if you want to get into the legalese, the New York Times has a great explanation of this. Uh, the, the headline is Supreme Court Struggles Over Biden's Bid to End Remain in Mexico Program. Uh, anything else interesting about this? and um they did say the court did say they should be wary the court should be wary of conducting foreign policy and this is up to congress but the problem is congress it's um it's and i'm another thing you always hear the activists say they'll say our immigration system is broken it's like it's not broken we have all the laws around the books it's actually quite plain and easy to understand it's not broken It's that we didn't bother enforcing any of the laws for many decades. So they keep saying it's broken. It's not broken at all. You just, no president has wanted to fucking enforce the law. If you want to call that broken, I guess. So, very good. Let's uh, go to some of the audio clips I have. And a lot of these clips are from, I don't know if you guys saw it, but uh, bumbling fucking Department of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas. He testified for more than eight hours at the Capitol in front of Congress for two days, and he's just a fucking fool. But the thing is, he sounds like an idiot, right? But he's just doing what the administration tells him to because he wants to keep his job and his paycheck and his pension. So, of course, the Republicans are going to scream at him for not securing the border, and if he wants to keep his job, he can't say, well, I've basically been told not to. What do you want me to do? If he was honest, he'd say that. But he went on um, fucking many, many uh, stupid comments. So let's uh, let's go to a few of the clips here. Let's start with Jim Jordan. Actually, I'm going to go back to that one because that's kind of a different subject. Let's uh, start with Alejandro Mayorkas talking about the discontinued wall construction and somehow it cost us money stopping it. It's very odd to me. Let's hear the this.
2: The wall projects... The majority of them rest in the jurisdiction of the Army Corps of Engineers. Those that we ourselves uh, uh, control, uh, I believe that the cost of discontinuing them is approximately $72 million. And I will follow up with you to ensure the accuracy of my statement uh, this morning.
0: Okay, I'm not sure actually how stopping something costs money. I guess that has something to do with buying supplies that were never used maybe. Uh, but here is Chip Roy from Texas, Congressman Roy, and let's hear what he has to say to my arcus. He doesn't sound very happy. The only
1: happy. plan that you offer, the plan you just offered, is to process aliens faster and encourage more to come. We know that to be true. I know it's true. You know it's that true. Cartels true. know it's true, and people around the world know it's true, that is, and that's that, why people are coming. That is false. Secure,
0: no, it's, it's not, not false. <laughs> the entirety
1: <laughs> of your plan says that. This Cure Fence Act of 2006 says what? That the Secretary of Homeland Security shall take all actions the Secretary determines necessary to achieve and maintain operational control over the entire international land and maritime borders. Will you testify under oath right now? Do we have operational control, yes or no? Yes, we do. and We have <laughs> operational control of the borders. Yes, we do. And Congressman, and you we testified- are working to... so what operational control defined. In this section, the term operational control means the prevention of all unlawful entries into the United States, including entries by terrorists other unlawful aliens, instruments of terrorism, narcotics, and other contraband. Do you stand by in your testimony that we have operational control in light of this definition?
2: And Congressman, I think the um, Secretary of Homeland Security would have said the same thing in 2020.
1: And in 2019... Okay,
0: so you're both full of shit.
1: Well, the secretary would have at least had a basis for saying that we have some sort of control of the border. But the fact is, we currently have people flowing across the border, including dangerous narcotics and dangerous members of terrorists, which your own agency sent a letter to my office. After eight months, we sent a letter saying there are 42 people on the terrorist watch list that are in the United States. You just said to Mr. Jordan, you don't even know where the hell they are. That's that's what you're saying is operational control? excluding entries by terrorists and unlawful aliens? It's not. It's
0: not operational control. All right. Chip Roy going in. You know what's funny is that he knew Mayorkas was going to say they had operational control. And so he read off of he had a big fucking poster board ready that he held up that that read the definition of operational control. That's funny. Uh, let's go to representative Thomas Massey, uh, taking a uh, Mayorkas and beating him um, up a little bit.
3: Matt Gates, my colleague asked you, will some of the 800,000 migrants that DHS has released into the United States since you've been in this position, uh, commit a crime. Do you remember what your answer was? I, I believe I said to Congressman Gates that some very well might. You said, undoubtedly. Um, how many of those are um, going to commit a rape, <laughs> Congressman? A um, there are uh, how, individuals. How many uh, of those are going to commit
2: this, a murder? There are there are indivi- you are speaking of individuals who
3: are making a claim for humanitarian relief. How many gotaways made it across the border, their, according to that, from your estimates from DHS?
0: That's a better question.
3: Congressman, Various can people. I, can I answer no, your No, no, we got it. How many? I asked you this question. How many war. of those are going to commit rape, murder, uh, armed robbery, or molestation? Hey, obviously, a child? he doesn't know that. That's stupid. How many of the that you have released in here that you told my colleague will undoubtedly commit a crime, and you've just characterized the types of crimes they're going to commit? You, you're bragging on how many of you've arrested, but how many of you are not arrested? And by the way, I want a very specific answer to this: Were those crimes committed in? In another country, or were those crimes committed in the United States,
2: Congressman? Were those crimes um, committed in the United States or another country? You are describing individuals who are seeking asylum in our
0: country. Oh, get out! Oh, God! Oh, stop! There it is. There, yeah, all fucking two hundred twenty thousand people who fucking uh, illegally immigrated in one month are seeking asylum. Get out of here! So tired of that. Uh, let's, here he is uh, getting beat up about um, uh, why deportation levels under the Biden administration are below even 2012 levels. I think this is Tom McClintock from California yelling You've at him. You've
3: repeatedly said there's a need for reprioritizing ICE because of limited resources. Yet in 2012, with fewer agents and judges than we have now, ICE arrested and deported 409,000 aliens. Under your administration, with more agents and ju- ju- judges, You've deported only 59,000. That's one seventh as many. Holy shit. Overall deportations. Down the time of the gentleman has expired. The witness may answer the
2: question. 46% of ice removals in fiscal year 2021 were for people convicted of felonies or aggravated felonies compared to 15 percent during the previous four years and 17% of the year before that.
0: Okay, so what, dude? What does that have to do with anything? I know what he's trying to say. He's just trying to cover for why they have so few. Uh, Here he is uh, coming out for amnesty. (laughs) This should be fine.
4: Will you commit to oppose any form of amnesty or modification of legal status of those who are in this country illegally
2: who have entered during your tenure? Only uh, Congress can provide uh, legal status through the laws. We administer the laws. Would you oppose that?
1: We're not talking about who
4: passes laws or not. We're just talking about your philosophy as the DHS secretary. Uh, Would you support amnesty or modification of legal status? uh,
2: uh, Congressman, uh, I fully support and have for many years legislative reform that once and for all fixes are broken immigration so I so ah, won't system. make that enough. No, no, I actually will, if you'd allow me. And
4: you, you, involves, We got just a few okay. seconds, so speed it up, please.
2: And and that <laughs> involves a path to citizenship for those who have been in this country for many okay. years, who have been contributing Very good. to so the well-being you, of our country.
4: So the answer is you would support amnesty oh. of some kind.
0: So- All right, so there he is. He does support amnesty of some kind, which I, uh, you know, again, uh, just to reiterate, that's to show you that I'm not a total monster. I actually do support uh, somewhat of an amnesty, but only after we actually round up and deport every illegal criminal in the United States. That Then I would support, yes, I would support people who are like fucking breaking their asses out in the hot sun picking fruit and guys who are working construction jobs for long hours and low pay because they're illegals. Yes, I would like to do something for those people. I'm certainly not going to do it while we still have literally hundreds of thousands of convicted, not just fucking charged and arrested, convicted illegal immigrants in the United States. So forget about that. And then finally, last clip here. Here's that lunatic fucking lib Ayanna Presley, Congresswoman. And she wants to uh, end Title 42 as fast as possible. Because she wants to just flood the fucking U.S. So uh, here's here's her at a press conference. in case
5: this seems like a Washington fight, as someone representing the third largest concentration of the Haitian diaspora and co-chair of the Haiti caucus, this is about people.
4: That's right.
5: This is about families. That's right. This is about the ability, quite literally, to live, to survive. This is about the fundamental human right to flee violence.
0: Most of people are not fleeing fleeing violence.
5: Ukraine or Haiti. Our destinies are tied. And so when we talk about this contrast, really what we are. What we want is equitable
0: outrage, <laughs> equitable
5: compassion, and an equitable federal policy. Equitable,
0: response. equity. There it is. And in case this seems okay, equity. That's the fucking. Remember, remember, like two years ago when you never heard the word equity, and now it's everywhere. Not equality, equity. And it's very much on purpose. Oh God, I can't take. You know what? Does anybody again? They act like the United States is the only place to go to. There's a fucking huge continent right to our south last I checked uh, with some pretty advanced countries, by the way, Argentina, Chile, fucking Brazil. Uh, Yeah, I mentioned uh, just to wrap this up, I mentioned the um, Texas National Guard member. His name is Bishop Evans, and he was only 22 years old. Apparently he threw off. He saw some people struggling in the water. Obviously, it's easy for me to sit here and say, dude, you you shouldn't have done that. But, you know, you you see people struggling in the water and uh, you, you want to help them. So actually, stupid, bumbling, corrupt MSNBC fucking hire, Jen Psaki, who is mysteriously still on the job as spokesman, even as she has another job working for a left wing cable channel, which is completely absurd. She was asked about if the White House feels responsible for Bishop Evans. Let's listen to this gibberish.
5: Feel any responsibility for his death, given that.
6: There, there's reporting that he lost his life, uh, allegedly trying to save uh, two migrants who were smuggling drugs. This is a, a problem that you know, the administration has been facing for some time, and is obviously, as we've been discussing, getting some criticism on. Is, does the White House feel at all responsible, and what, what more can you offer to people who, you know, are on the border, in border communities, who are experiencing
5: loss and trials like this? Well, I, I, of course, we are mourning the the loss of his life, and we are grateful for they don't do they don't the give work a fuck. of every National Guardsman. I would note that the National Guard work for the states, and so he is an employee of the Texas Texas National Guard, and his efforts and his operation were directed by there, not by the federal government. Uh, in this in this effort, in this apparatus. Uh, we've we've long stated that our immigration system is broken. It's the, there needs ah, to be more done to invest two per, in another security, one. We need to have a more effective asylum uh, processing system, and we would welcome any efforts.
0: To- oh, did you hear that? They want a more effective asylum processing system. In other words, like the like the guy said to Majorcus, you just want to speed it up. Guys, I don't listen to these clips. I had no idea both those doofuses were going to say broken immigration system after I went over it. That's fucking funny. Okay, I spent way more time on that than I intended to, so quickly. Let us go on. Um, let's go to ASAP Rocky, your ASAP Rocky update. Of course, the hip-hop artist. Remember when Trump fucking bailed him out from, <laughs> from, uh, from what was that, Sweden or some shit? Yeah, Trump bailed him out, and then ASAP Rocky promptly shit all over him as thanks. Well, ASAP Rocky was arrested at LAX. I think I told you about that. Well, now they did a raid on his home. Actually, cops smashed the gate to his LA home open, and they found multiple guns at his house. Uh oh. Yep. And this is what I don't get. They say ASAP Rocky's actually on video shooting this guy. But, yeah, they they said his real name, by the way, is Rakim Myers. He is accused of approaching a man he knew on the street on the night of November 6th before allegedly firing several shots at him. So how is that a fucking misdemeanor? Isn't that a felony assault with a firearm? Of course, it's Los Angeles, and they have that lunatic district attorney, George Gascon, so who knows? Uh, Remember, he's also um, with Rihanna, who's Prego. Anyway so they kicked open the gate of his home and they found a bunch of guns and so now they're running ballistics on him to see if they're legal which I fucking seriously doubt so uh, he was arrested on April 20th for assault with a deadly weapon and he posted a half million dollars of bail and then was spotted leaving jail see so yeah old ASap Rocky and then by the way I don't have a uh, I don't have it in front of me but I did see that uh, he apparently got busted. DMing some chick on Instagram and fucking now. And he's supposed to be having a baby with Rihanna coming up here soon. He'll probably be in prison. All right. This was upsetting. An Iranian village in Iran, obviously, called Ardabil, beat a brown bear to death. Now, I'm sorry, let me back up. Ardebil is the province. The town is Namin. State news agency IRNA, ERNA, reported that the villagers restrained the animal and then, quote, resorted to inappropriate methods and behaviors by chasing, beating, and injuring in it. End quote. They published a photograph, did ERNA, showing the bear tied around its neck to a digging machine while the heavy wheels of a farm tractor appear to have been used to pin the animal's back legs to the ground. They went on to say villagers used tools such as a tractor to restrain the bear, causing serious damage to the animal, including breaking its leg, pelvis, and damaging its spine. Fucking believe these savages. There's a brown bear. Bears are friggy high on the animal hierarchy, and I have an idea. If you don't want it, why don't you shoot it and be merciful about it? And so you basically torture the animal to death. What's fucking wrong with these people, dude? I mentioned NFTs, non-fungible tokens, earlier. If you guys follow that, you know that there's something called the Bored Ape Yacht Club. And the Bored Ape Yacht Club are these NFTs, non-fungible tokens, that cost like you know hundreds of thousands if not millions of dollars they usually take ethereum the cryptocurrency as payment and supposedly you owning this gives you all kinds of like exclusive privileges like going to a party or something something it's i know when you say it out loud it sounds fucking moronic which it is well guess what they had a huge hack did the board ape yacht club and Millions of dollars worth of the ape NFTs were stolen. Remember, an NFT is a digital asset, usually a piece of artwork or something whose ownership is stored on the blockchain. Well, the attacker seized control of the Board 8 Yacht Club Instagram account and sent a phishing post that many followers were fooled into clicking on, connecting their crypto wallets to the hacker's Fucking quote smart contract end quote. That is a mechanism for implementing a crypto transaction. So then the attacker was able to steal the assets held in the wallets, held, uh, seized control of four of the actual Bored Ape NFTs, as well as a host of other, uh, other NFTs with an estimated total of three million dollars. There you go. You know, you know who some of the dipshits who bought these Bored Apes were uh, Eminem, Gwyneth Paltrow. And Madonna. Freaking idiot. And then, I think I talked about this one. Remember a couple weeks ago, one anonymous owner of a Bored Ape lost a $500,000 Ape after getting tricked into swapping it for counterfeits. The scammer created new NFTs that were visually identical to Bored Ape Yacht Club pictures, except they had a green tick over them, which mimicked the verified icon of the platform used for the trade. <laughs> and then last December, New York art dealer Todd Kramer disclosed his own $2.2 million loss with the tweet, quote, I've been hacked. All my apes gone. This just sold. Please help me. End quote. Oh. Is this, you, you can't fucking, you, you can't hack gold bars. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, this is all this is, guys. NFTs and crypto, hacking and theft are rife within it. Once it happens, the transactions are irreversible once you do it. And last week, a stablecoin project called Beanstalk lost $180 million in crypto to a governance attack where the attacker used an instant loan to buy control of the project, transfer its reserves to their account, and then repay the loan in just 13 seconds. I believe I talked about that one. Yep. Keep buying. Keep spending your fucking hard-earned money on NFTs. Hey, some people make money off of them. I know. I heard. But, I don't know. To me, it's not worth it. I had this story last week, and I didn't get to it. But now we know more information. This doofus climate activist who lit himself on fire. Did you guys see that on Earth Day? (laughs) Did you see his picture? He looks exactly like I picture him. Thin, balding glasses, white, of course. No fucking, no person of color would ever do this. But 50-year-old Wyn Bruce of Boulder, Colorado, did set himself fire in front of the Supreme Court on Earth Day. And uh, he's a Buddhist, by the way. And a priest who knew him well said his death was not a suicide, but, quote, a deeply fearless act of compassion, end quote. Fucking Idiot. Yeah, he suffered critical burns and was pronounced dead at the hospital. Yeah, he he went uh, his some of his last stuff online. He put a Facebook post in 2020. He wrote 422 2022 and then a fire emoji. So he was planning this shit. Yep, this is such idiocy, dude. And I can't, I cannot believe this doofus. Priest, Buddhist guy. Oh, no, it's a chick. Yeah, she said, this act is not suicide. This is a deeply fearless act of compassion to bring attention to the climate crisis. Okay, well, if it's a deeply fearless act, uh, then uh, I guess a lot of other climate activists will probably be doing it. So, good luck. Uh, Let's go to a few crime stories. This one is just horrific. This Wisconsin homicide of this little girl. This is the worst. This is one of the worst things I've ever covered. This is 10 year old Lily Peters. And she was killed by an eighth grader in Wisconsin. This is like fucking evil, dude. Like sometimes people are just evil. They're born that way. And that does appear to be the case in this one. Because the 14 year old suspect is her cousin, I guess. He's facing three charges, first degree intentional homicide, first degree sexual assault, and first degree sexual assault of a child under 13. The defendant made statements to law enforcement that, quote, his intention was to rape and kill the victim from the get-go, end quote. This is just fucking awful. And Lily was last seen by family members on Sunday. She was supposed to be headed home from her aunt's house when she disappeared. Uh, her, she never got home. Lily's father called the cops, and they discovered her bicycle in a wooded area by a walking trail. They soon found the body, and it's this is just fucking disgusting, dude. Because you know what? And this is the worst part. The uh, basically the prosecutors said that this defendant made statements to law enforcement that he punched the victim in the stomach, knocking her to the ground, and then strangled her hit her with a stick, strangled her to death, and then, before he then sexually assaulted her. So he sexually assaulted her fucking body, dude. This is just beyond fucking anything I've ever heard. And by the way, more has come out about his the, the cousin who, by the way, the cousin who the 14-year-old is named Carson Petersberger. And he's being held on $1 million cash bond, but it turns out like his father is a pedophile convicted in court and had all kinds of like child porn. So you're like, is this like, is this like a thing where the kid takes on the personality of father? Did he see the child porn? Was he aroused by it? Because the father, Adam Berger, 37 years old, spent three years in jail after being caught with a stash of pornographic images of prepubescent girls on his phone. 10 pornographic photos showed very young girls in spread legged positions found on his phone. Oh, I don't even know if I should. I can't. Should I even read this? Wow. Um, I'm going to read it, guys, just uh, because, you know, this is an adult show. If you have children in a car, probably just skip ahead 15 seconds. Some of the pictures had been doctored to include comments such as, quote, First, in your little girl's asshole, and then in your mouth, mom, end quote. Oh, and Berger's own face was superimposed on some of them. And all the pictures uh, had child's genitalia in them. Oh, and just to top off, Berger also had drug paraphernalia, including four crack pipes in his home. Yep, he's currently living in a halfway house. So you see what kind of happened with, this, with what this kid grew up in? This, this is this is one of the worst stories I've ever heard. Oh, and as long as we're on the subject, a couple uh, famous people got rolled up in this, too. At least one. The movie Dr. Strange... Is this the movie or the TV series? Oh, no. This is the movie. Dr. Strange with Benedict Cumberbatch. Well, there's an actress in there called Zara Pythian. And she... And her husband, Victor, Mark are being accused of 14 child sex offenses on a girl from the age of 13. She's 36 years old. He's 59. Hmm. They are denying this, by the way. Um, but the, the victim, then a child, claims the couple filmed most of the abuse to recreate for, famous uh, favorite pornographic scenes. They are on trial right now in the U.K., And they claim that the husband gave the girl rum before 36-year-old Zara dared her to perform a sex act on Victor. The assaults are said to have progressed to include full sexual intercourse with activity taking place once or twice a month with the girl being told and ordered not to tell anyone. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at a picture of this fucking creature with Benedict Cumberbatch right now. And the victim is testifying at the trial. So... This this is just these are sick people, dude. These Hollywood people. Fuck, man. Uh what else? Let's keep going. Uh let's talk about um Elon Musk and some other issues. Uh Elon Musk is now uh accusing Alejandro Ocasio-Cortez of flirting with him on Twitter. <laughs> She called him a, quote, billionaire with an ego problem, end quote, and, and blamed him for a, quote, explosion of hate crimes, end quote, which none of this has ever happened. Of course, he purchased Twitter. Uh, Musk responded by saying, quote, stop hitting on me. I'm really shy, end quote. And I do that story to get to this one because now immediately after Musk buys Twitter, they decide to they need a new disinformation czar, which is being called the minister of truth, which is pretty funny. Th- get th- who is this chick? She's been appointed executive director of the Department of Homeland Security's this sounds Orwellian disinformation governance board. Her name is Nina Jankowicz. She's only 33 years old, and she's got a long, far left, lunatic, nut job Twitter history too. She's been deleting tweets, by the way. Oh yeah, she was big, uh, She was a uh, big fan of Christopher Steele, the infamous Russian dossier author. And uh, apparently she liked to sing and make goofy fucking videos and put them on the internet. And this is the, ch- she was a, whatever, a Wilson Center Global Fellow, whatever the fuck that is. Anyway, of course people have been going through some of her hits, and I thought I'd play a few for them. Of course, starting with this one, and this is sung to the tune of Mary Poppins. Let's hear listen to this
5: one. it's how you hide a little idle a little lie. It's how you hide a little idle a little lie. It's how you hide a little idle lie. When Rudy Giuliani shared that in from Ukraine. Or oh, when TikTok influencers say COVID can cause pain. They're laundering disinfo when we really should take note. And not support their lies with our wallet voice or vote. Oh, information laundering is really quite ferocious. It's when a huckster takes some lies and makes them sound precocious. By saying them in Congress, or a mainstream outlet service. Information's origin seems likely less atrocious. Okay,
0: I know that's... I know your fucking ears are bleeding. I apologize for that, but this fucking nut is going to be a government employee. Who are these people? Oh my! I I can't believe this is a real thing. And by the way, she herself put out tons of misinformation. And also, just to add, I don't care about misinformation. I, we, have free, we have the First Amendment in this country. We have free speech. If I want to fucking sit there and say the moon is made of green cheese or fucking Joe Biden has obvious dementia or this chick uh, is secretly into bondage, it doesn't matter if it's true or not. I can lie. Lying is a, protected by the First Amendment. If I want to lie, I can lie, and plenty of other people do. The way you counter that is by making them, uh, embarrassing them with the truth. That's what you do. Who fucking cares if people make up gibberish on social media and a bunch of people believe it? I don't care. Then you make fun of them and you point out how they're wrong. That's the way it's supposed to work. Uh, here's another clip of her talking about being... Oh, she she uh, deleted this a few hours ago. But this this clip was titled... Nina Jankowicz, future yoga instructor? I haven't One listened. One of
5: my, uh, my other goals is eventually to get my yoga teacher certification. Um, I think this is a long way down the road because I feel like I still have a lot to learn <laughs> as a yoga student. But that is somewhere in the future. I would say within the next five years, maybe even three years, I will go down that road because I just feel the need to
4: share my love of yoga. With
0: the world. Well, thank you so much for Okay, yeah, I'd I'd love for you to do that instead of taking a fucking well-paid government job that I have to pay for. God, what a fucking time to be alive, man. Okay, let's quick... A uh, few quick stories. Did you guys see the video of the uh, CHP officer who got shot here in San Diego? Yeah, it was crazy. And some passers-by helped save him, and they held the shooter at knife point. But we have... The San Diego attorney's office has filed charges against 25-year-old Yuhao Du. He's the shooter. He's being charged with the attempted murder of a peace officer, taking a firearm from a peace officer, and causing great bodily injury. Now, when I first read this story, I assumed it was some kind of vagrant, but no. He's a graduate student at the University of California, San Diego, working with the Fogler Theoretical Physics Lab. This is fucking nuts. Um in 2018 he had pled guilty to to a disturbing the peace misdemeanor. Uh, it's unclear if he was the guy pulled over. All they say is that uh officer, CHP officer Tony Pacheco was shot in the leg after the suspect allegedly lunged at him and attempted to take the officer's gun. Wow. Yeah, this is a huge deal out here. It was uh, the, the local news had, like, helicopters up in the air and the like, traffic was all fucked up and, uh, and everything else. Um, again, some quick headlines. The Los Angeles mortuary owner left bodies to rot in a sad and shocking case. Mark Allen faces 22 counts of misdemeanor for mistreating the remains of 11 people, including infants. This is the Mark B. Allen Mortuary and Cremation Services Authorities open investigation after receiving complaints from families. The mortuary is now closed. Uh, City Attorney Mike Fuhrer, whose office can only file misdemeanor offenses, by the way, announced the charges calling them, quote, incredibly sad and a shocking situation, end quote. And he said that officials could smell the odor from outside the San Fernando Valley facility. That's fucking disgusting. They just let them rot, dude. Um. Yeah, they were improperly stored in conditions that were too warm. Some of them, some of the six bodies were emitting quote foul and overwhelming end quote odors and were attracting flies. Nice, really fucking nice. All right. Here's another kind of mystery murder. An F. The FBI has joined an investigation to a slain couple in New Hampshire. These two, um, you know, this is New Hampshire, right? Fucking idyllic, very rural. Well, the FBI has joined the investigation into this shooting of a retired couple whose bodies were found last week on a hiking trail. And this was near Concord, New Hampshire. This was 67-year-old Stephen Reed and 66-year-old DeJuende Reed. And yeah, basically they don't, know what happened. Um, This is a city. Concord is um, the state capital of New Hampshire. It only has 44,000 people, by the way. There's only been seven murders near and in the city in the past five years. And they don't know what happened. The Reeds were reported missing on April 20th when Stephen Reed failed to show up at a planned event. The bodies were later discovered a day later off a hiking trail in a very wooded and marshy area, they both died from multiple gunshot wounds. This is like a fucking execution dude. Yeah, so far they don't uh, I don't think they have any leads at all. They're not talking. but the only thing I could think even that even even possible well the Wendy Wendy that's DeJuende. that's she was known as Wendy. she's originally from West Africa. And he's a white man. So was this some fucking kooky racist who saw them and was like, I'm going to fucking take them out. That's like really, I mean, they're older too. You know, it's not like they're dealing Coke. Although I shouldn't even say that who, who knows at this point. So I'll keep an eye on that one. Uh, I, I do like stories like this. This is the ultimate hidden camera story. And let's go to Honolulu, Hawaii. A woman in Hawaii is suing her landlord for trespassing in her home. She says he took her belongings, used drugs in her kitchen, and masturbated in her living room. And yes, they do have it on video. <laughs> uh, apparently some stuff had gone missing before or something, so she did, um, you know what you would do. She decided to install a few video cameras around the apartment. And the tenant, the woman who is suing, is a Japanese national. The cameras caught the man in her kitchen where he took out a pipe from his jacket and began smoking some kind of drug. Uh, Yeah, and, uh, you know, landlords are obviously supposed to provide notice before you enter apartments. That's great. And they they do have a video on ABC 13 News Hawaii. Sadly, it does not show him pleasuring himself, but it does show him smoking something. Does it show him, like, uh, loading ad? I'm not going to watch the video. Fuck you. So, very good. That's not something you want to come home to. That's That, that reminds me of that home builder from Michigan, the home inspector from Michigan from last year, the guy who fucking jacked it on the Elmo doll. That was one of, that, one of my favorite podcast stories ever. Boris Becker, the former tennis star, the six-time Grand Slam tennis champion, was sentenced to prison two and a half years. Yeah, he was in a bankruptcy case. He was found guilty by a London court of hiding millions of dollars' worth of assets and loans to avoid paying his debt. He's fifty-four years old. And uh if you're too young to remember, I vaguely remember him. He was very, very famous at the time. He had a, you know, personality. He won like Wimbledon or something, like when he was really young and he was kind of goofy looking, but he was like really like cool and stuff like that. But he was hugely famous. But he you're supposed to in bankruptcy proceedings, you're supposed to disclose all your assets. And he concealed a loan of uh, about $872,000 US and other assets valued at uh, 426,000 euros and did not disclose various investment shares. Yeah, you're legally obliged to disclose all assets, but he didn't. Oh yeah, here it is. He, He won Wimbledon at age 17. In 1985, he became the youngest champion in the history of men's singles at Wimbledon. So, But he also had a, all kinds of affairs and scandals and shit like that. So uh, it, 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 it's, this, it's the classic case of fucking spending more than you got, which you guys should never do. As your financial advisor, number of U.S. police officers murdered is up 59% over last year. In 2020, uh, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, in 2021, 73 officers were killed in the line of duty last year, according to FBI Director Christopher Wray. Murders of all kinds around the United States, as you know, have risen dramatically since 2019. Gee, I wonder why. Gee, I fucking wonder why. Basically, a, a police officer is killed every five days. Additionally, around a thousand people are killed by the uh, killed in the U.S. by police each year. Of course, the vast majority of them have it coming. Um, in January, the Fraternal Order of Police said that it had recorded 103 quote ambush style attacks end quote on officers in 2021 that resulted in 130 officers shot and 30 of them killed. Wow, murders rose 29% from 2019 into 2020. That is the largest one-year increase since national level record keeping began in 1960. The high, by the way, the highest we've ever had on a per capita basis, the highest we've murder rate we've ever had is 9.8 murders per 100,000 people. That was set in 1991 in 2020. Per capita, we had 6.5 murders per 100,000 people. So we're not really close to what... Remember, 1990s and late 80s was the gang warfare and all that shit. and, And then we instituted three strikes and started throwing everybody in prison. And guess what? The crime rate dramatically dropped. Isn't that fucking funny how that works? It turns out, guys, when you fucking take all the people committing all the crimes and you put them in jail, the crime rate drops. I know. Isn't that nutty? But then people forget... And now we have all these lunatics in state governments, these whack jobs, who don't think anybody should go to prison, as I've talked about extensively throughout the years. And they're desperately trying to let everyone out of prison. This is a great story. The premier of the British Virgin Islands has been arrested on drug trafficking charges in the United States. (laughs) This is fantastic. He was arrested on Thursday in the Miami area. Andrew Fahi who is the elected head of government of the small territory, the British Virgin Islands, there's only about 30,000 people or residents there, requested an upfront payment of $500,000 U.S. to let cocaine slip through their territory en route to Miami and New York. He was charged with conspiracy to import at least five kilograms of cocaine mixture and conspiracy to launder money a man who presented himself as working for the Sinaloa cartel, but in actual was a confidential source for the federal authorities, met with the territory's director of ports somebody named Olean, Oleanveen Maynard and he met with Maynard on March 20th He said he needed help ferrying thousands of kilograms of cocaine from Columbia through the British Virgin Islands and she agreed to assist and then he from there he met Mr. Fahey, and yeah, they fucking nabbed him. So, yeah, basically the fucking president of the country got rolled up in this. Uh, speaking of drug dealing, a former Staten Island Borough president named James Molnaro, he had his grandson get busted with 100 pounds of weed. <laughs> oh, and by the way, after a shooting. Yeah, cops found 100 pounds of marijuana and $100,000 in cash. And there was a shooting there. A 21-year-old woman who was believed to be Molinaro's girlfriend was found with a gunshot wound to the chest. Wow. So he shot the chick too? This is a very, kind of an upscale community too. Alright. God, I'm just running out of time. quickly. I'm trying to go as fast as I can. Um, a man has been arrested for raping a cow in India. And it was caught on closed circuit television camera, that's right. And remember, guys, just last week, I did the story about the men who gang banged the lizard. Yeah. Well, now they've got a cow banger. According to reports, the accused has been identified as Majid. Majid sexually exploited a cow on April twenty third. His neighbor caught the heinous act when he was going through the closed circuit television camera footage. <laughs> this, is this is this is at the Indian Times. Obviously, English isn't their first language. They say, quote, Mahid is seen in an objectionable position in the footage, trying to rape a cow the second time, end quote. Wait, wait, so he was successful, and then he went back for more? Wow. The neighbor informed the cow's owner. Police have apprehended him and arrested him for having unnatural sex. Yeah, and it's on video. So I, I probably don't have too many people listening in India, but if you're out there and you have that, uh, go ahead and send me that footage, please. Uh, Here's, let's go to, where is this? Uh, Florida, Florida man. A caretaker was caught committing a sexual act on a 90-year-old woman, according to the New Smyrna Beach Police. Yes, 51-year-old Billy Bunn was arrested, and he has been indicting. He was was caregiving at a hospice home in New Smyrna and was caught in the act. He allegedly exposed himself to a 90-year-old bedridden female patient with dementia and forced her to touch him. So he basically put his dick in her hand or mouth. Who knows? Oh, Billy. Billy, 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 Billy. You guys get that reference or no? Too too old for some of you? Uh, let's see. How about a few more clips for run round of time? Guys, the mask people are still out. Here's a guy. I think this is at like a Costco. And the guy is wearing a mask, and he's basically threatening the employees to not come near him. And he's holding up pepper spray and saying, like, basically, don't come near me. I'll spray you. So uh, let's listen to
5: this. It's starting. It thank you.
0: Thank you. I know it's a little quiet to start.
5: Oh, oh thank hey. goodness. Pushed,
0: them. Pushed him. Pushed him. Get
5: away. You're the best in my life. You don't need to do this. You don't um, need to do this. Yeah. Should
0: they start? Should
1: they stop for
5: me? stay away, sir. Stay away. I'm not going to hear
2: you. Is that pepper her.
5: spray? Yes. Okay, sir. Thank
3: I
2: you need you to put myself. that
5: away. We're in a public place right now. Yep.
3: You you stay know. away. I'm going to stay away. Thank you. You can't okay. be threatening with people in here with pepper, pepper spray, okay? You can yeah. no, You, you cannot threaten people in here with pepper spray. You're not spray. a cop.
1: You're not a lawyer. I don't need this.
5: Oh, no. Uh... uh.
0: There he goes. He just walked out. Basically, yeah, he was holding a pepper spray. I thought the audio was a little bit better, but he was holding a pepper spray. It's like fucking asshole. You went to the Costco. Oh, and you want everybody to stay away from you? God, what is these? And he's old too, an entitled fucking asshole. I'm so sick of these entitled jerk-offs, dude. Ugh. Uh, this is funny. You guys know who Matt Walsh is? He's the, um, uh, he's a, uh, Provocateur, I suppose you would say, and he wrote a book called Johnny the Wall. He doesn't; he's not down with the transgender stuff, and so he uh, wrote a book called, um, he he wrote a book called Johnny the Walrus that kind of mocks the uh, transgender movement, but in a humorous way. Anyway, his book went to like number one on Amazon because he has such a huge following on Twitter. He works for the Daily Wire too, by the way, if you guys know that's Ben Shapiro's thing, and so. Amazon employees were traumatized because his book literally went to number one. And so I thought I'd play a little about this. Which one is the uh, first video? Because there's like a whole string of these. This video goes on for a very long time. I just want to see what the, uh, okay, here's the first one. Amazon leadership held a session for employees dealing with the trauma of Matt Welsh's book becoming a bestseller. So let me play a little the, bit of this.
6: The uh, recommendations that this customer received, and that other customers frequently reach out to us about that they're receiving, it's about a book called Johnny the Walrus. And I want to be very clear: the next two are about books. And I saw someone say, "Oh joy, we're going to talk about one of them," because it's been it's been a very traumatic experience for transgender Amazonians and <laughs> transgender customers. What I don't want
0: Transgender to come is of
6: this Amazonians. is um, slamming the books team uh, with a bunch of tickets. They are already aware of this. There you know, there are things in this space that are happening. Um, but Johnny the Walrus is a bit of a problematic book. Uh, not a bit. It is... It is not a bit of a problem. It's one hell of a problem.
0: It's not a problem Um, at all. And
6: I would preface this about what the book's about, but the customer we're going to listen to does a great job. So uh, let's go ahead and listen to this customer.
0: Okay. Pick it up. Some customers are going to bitch about the book, apparently, if they ever get fucking to it.
5: To report a book that you are selling. I just checked your website and the book is still up on there. I hate to tell you, but it says that the book, that it is shipped and sold from you. It is by Matt Walsh. It is teaching kids to kill well, to bully <laughs> transgenders, yeah, to, to bully them into committing suicide, the LGBTQIA, especially transgenders. The story is about a kid who likes to pretend he's different things, and one day he pretends he's a walrus. And the community tells him he either has to be a human or he has to be a walrus. Or they're going to kill him. He can't be both. He can't pretend anymore. That's not now, what the, the author, book says. Matt Walsh just tweeted this yesterday morning at 8 04 a.m. I now have the number one anti LGBT book in the country. Any further criticism of me or my book? is homophobic.
0: He didn't say it's anti, he said me. I have the number one LGBT book in the You country.
5: are selling a manual how to teach kids to bully other kids to commit suicide. I <laughs> talked to she said she was going to get the book stripped off of your site. Now he is bragging that he has the number one book you are still gonna continue to sell it. And now he's bragging and that he's glad it's going to make the LGBTQIA kids, especially transgender, what's what's A commit suicide. He's bragging about it on Twitter.
0: You know what, honestly I'm I'm really mad because I have a I have a sibling that who is a member of the LGBTQ, so I'm really mad as well right now.
5: I'm part of the LGBTQIA.
0: Okay. Dude, there's an. This goes on for like another 10 minutes. If you want to go listen to the whole thing, it's on Libs of TikTok. Okay. I asked you guys last week what LGBTI was because I had heard that. I did a story where they said that, and, and some of you responded by saying intersex. But again, I'm going to ask for your help. LGBTIA, what is the A? I haven't heard that. Why can't I? I don't fucking know. Uh, so yeah, I thought that was a who, And yeah, Matt Walsh, Matt Walsh wrote the book as a troll, and it became, and it did become the number one bestseller. So he's been having fun with it on Twitter saying, hey, I'm the number one LGBT author in the country. <laughs> That's a good troll. I got to admit it. I do have to admit it. All right. Um, and speaking of that, here's a mother who apparently, according to her, took her nine-year-old child to a doctor... Because she wanted her kid to start the process of transitioning. Let's listen to how this goes. Pediatrician
5: number two. After I fired pediatrician number one, I asked another mom of a trans kid who lives locally for a pediatrician recommendation, and she gave me one. Aside from incessant misgendering from her whole staff, she also said in front of my child that I needed to mourn the loss of my daughter in front of my nine-year-old transgender child. That's something you never say, by the way. In addition, she then refused to write a letter for his name change, um, stating the fact that he is too young to know himself and refused to connect with his therapist and his endocrinologist. She was the chief of staff at our local hospital. Not only was she disrespecting my son's knowledge of his own self, but she's also disrespecting me.
0: Okay, there you go. So, yeah, that sounds like actually a really good doctor who's like, uh, crazy lady, your kid's nine. Why don't you fucking give it a rest? God, what is this mommy thing, dude? Oh, yeah, there's another trans kid, too. And speaking of trans, I got one more. This is more uh, adult transgender story. Well, a transgender Rikers Island inmate, the infamous New York prison, with previous arrests for assault, raped a female prisoner after she was finishing showering in the women's section of the prison. Uh, 33-year-old Rommel Blount, who goes by the name Diamond Blount, pleaded guilty in the sexual attack in a deal on April 17th. The 33-year-old victim, whose name was not released, had just finished showering when Blount approached her from behind, held her down by the back of the neck, and raped her at the Rose M. Singer Center on February 8th, 2021. The victim reported the incident to jail officials. A rape kit was administered which matched Blount's DNA in the New York State Registry. Blount has now received a seven-year prison sentence with an additional eight years of post-release supervision. Okay, uh, And then officials would not answer why Blount was being housed in the female section of the facility after being arrested in 2018. Yeah, there you go. That's nice, isn't it? All these policies, aren't aren't they great and super normal? fucking nuts dude uh, this one is good, this is just a random clip that I had, this is funny uh, this is Hakeem Jeffries of Re- Representative Hakeem Jeffries of Congress, Congress, he's a far left wing lunatic and um, he's talking to a guy named Mark Paoletta who is uh, he, he was a general counsel for Trump at one point, anyway he's testifying in front of Congress so he is going to ask Mark Paoletta, like, uh, because Mark Paoletta says, Hey, Democrats hate Clarence Thomas because he's a black conservative. And uh, Representative Jeffries uh, decides to say, What evidence do you have that, to support that Democrats hate Clarence Thomas because he's a black conservative? And key here is Representative Jeffries is the chairman of that committee. Uh, I'm sorry. Let me back up there. I was wrong about that. He's not the chairman of the committee, but Jeffries is the one doing the question. Let me just play the clip and you'll get where I'm going with this. I believe,
4: Mr. Powell, uh, you've echoed a similar sentiment. I think your quote is, Many on the left hate Justice Thomas because he is a black conservative who has never bowed to those who demand that he must think a certain way because of the color of his skin. What evidence do you have to support that uh, incendiary charge? Uh, When Chairman... Uh, Benny Thompson calls him an Uncle Tom because of his views on voter ID and affirmative action. When in fact, more Black Americans support voter ID and uh, in, with respect to affirmative action in college education, they're 62% opposed to it. So, so that is the most vile, disgusting thing you can say. And and, and so yes, yeah, recla- that's, that's, that's re- re- the evidence. Reclaiming that's the evidence my time. I just reclaiming, gave you. reclaiming my time. Yes, there are a lot of vile, disgusting things that can. Well, be you just said. asked me for an example. The, the notion that that is. Right. When some members on this side of the aisle and others have been called the N word quickly change the subject lies the point that you have a particular bias Uh, and it's an overstatement, which is not surprising when you look at the balance of your testimony. And if Chairman Benny Thompson uh, has an observation to make, uh, he's entitled to free speech. You apparently believe that Jenny Thomas, regardless of how many conflicts uh, she has, is entitled to her own political opinions uh, as well. Uh, Can I give you
0: another example? No. Uh, There you go. So this fucking moron, Hakeem Jeffries, who thinks he's a fucking civil rights hero. He says, give me an example of some of you racist Clarence Thomas. Okay, well, the chairman of this committee that I'm in front of right now, Benny Thompson, called him uh, a fucking, uh, um, what? God, I'm sorry. I already closed the page. Uh, He called him uh, Uncle Tom. That was it. He called him an Uncle Tom, which is a horrible thing to say to an African-American. And sounds like, so what? He has freedom of speech. And the guy's like, oh, well, I'll give you another example. He's like, no. <laughs> so I buff- These people are such buffoons. I can't get enough of it. Hey, uh, let's see. Um, let's go. How much time do I have? All right, we're coming down to it. The FDA is moving to ban sales of menthol cigarettes. How about that? This is not going to go over well with the black dudes. Yeah, by the way, black smokers, 85% of all black smokers use menthols. Yep. Uh, that's compared with 29% of white smokers. And they want to get rid of them. They've they've had a hard-on about this for a couple of years now. Menthol is a chemical derived from the mint plant that can also be made in a lab. is added to cigarettes to make smoking less harsh and provide a cooling sensation in the throat. Menthol cigarettes make up about one-third of the $80 billion U.S. cigarette market, and about 18.5 million Americans smoke them. Uh, bumbling, dummy, Health and Human Services Secretary Javier Becerra, who's not a doctor and has never been in public health. He's a lawyer, but that didn't stop Sleepy Joe from appointing him to as Health and Human Services Secretary. He said banning them would, quote, help prevent children from becoming the next generation of smokers and help adult smokers quit, end quote. Okay, you know what? Fucking mind your business, dude. If people want to kill themselves with drugs and alcohol, so be it. I'm very libertarian on that. Let them. You know, I don't care. I would prefer it if they had to pay for their own medical costs, but, you know, that ship has sailed. But, you know, the upside is if you're a heavy smoker, you'll probably get lung cancer and die young, so... Yes, so they are, they've been trying to do this for a long time. And uh, public health experts say menthol cigarettes have been heavily marketed to black people to devastating effect. African-American men have the highest rates of lung cancer in America, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. And they are supporting this. The president of the NAACP, Derek Johnson, says this ban is a, quote, win for justice, end quote. Fucking mind your business, Derek. If a black dude wants to have his new potes, fucking let the man have his new potes. He's working hard, wants to come home, have a fucking coldie, take a puff on the new pot. Let the man fucking enjoy his life. Who the fuck are you? Jesus. Let's do some business stories quickly. Start with uh, there was a big earnings week in the market, as you guys probably, and the market was shit in April. My God, dude. By the way, the S&P, last I looked, the S&P 500 is down something like 12% year to date. Not good. Yeah, Amazon posted their slowest quarterly growth in years, and they had their first quarterly loss since 2015. Now, they did report $116 billion in revenue in the first three months of the year. That is up 7% from a year earlier. However, that was down from 44% growth in the first quarter of 2021. The number of products that Amazon sold in the quarter was flat from a year ago. And Amazon lost their product. They lost $3.8 billion in a quarter. And that included a decline of $7.6 billion in the value of their investment in Rivian Automotive. Yeah, that's the hot new up-and-comer. It's an electric truck maker. And their shares have fucking plunged through the fucking basement because apparently they're having a hard time actually coming up with the car. And so uh, Amazon's price share, price per share fell 12%. It's a huge drop. So you guys going to be a buyer? points. Oh, here's more about Rivian. Um, Rivian. Where's their fucking... Uh, oh, yeah, here it is. In the first three months of 2022... Shares of Rivian fell by more than 50%. Ouch. Ouch, ouch, ouch. Maybe I'll throw a few grand in that one. Might as well at this point. Uh, okay, more earnings. Apple, the juggernaut, move, the, the juggernaut fucking keeps going. Uh, they didn't now, they they, 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 posted a, they posted a earnings beat, but they were slightly concerned because this is slowing down. It's cooled off. But their profit rose 6% to $25 billion in the second fiscal quarter. $25 billion in profit in one quarter. That is a slowdown from the double-digit growth in each of the previous five quarters. Sales increased 9% to $97.29 billion. That exceeded analysts' expectations. However, Tim Cook, Apple CEO, did caution investors about the months ahead because they have the COVID outbreak in China. Uh, demand, supply chain issues, everything else. So the stock did fall a little bit. Yeah, it fell 4% in the after hours. But dude, I do not bet against Apple. That's been nothing but... Six, nothing but That's been nothing but green for me across the board. Uh, Facebook. Their stock has come back a little bit. I did buy, full disclosure, I own Apple. I do not own Amazon. I do own some Facebook. I bought it after that huge 25% drop uh, like a month ago. Unfortunately, the stock kept dropping, so I'm a little bit underwater on it. But they reported profit of $7.5 billion from the first quarter. That's down 21% from a year earlier. So in the in the fucking analyst size, that's a huge problem, even though they made $7.5 billion. Revenue rose 7% to $27.9 billion. Um, And yeah, this is what I'm talking about. Meta put that down Bad financial report in February, and then the next day, Meta's stock plummeted 26%. So that's when I actually bought it right at the bottom, but then it kept falling a little bit. Their main business of digital advertising has been hurt by Apple's decision to let iPhone users limit apps from tracking their online activities. Yeah, you know how pissed Zuckerberg must have been at Tim Cook for that. And then uh, two more quickly. Ford, full disclosure, I also own Ford. They were hurt. They lost $3.1 billion in the first quarter of 2022. And guess who they also have a holding in? Also Rivian. Yep, Ford took a big stake in that. In addition, they are also being hurt by the global chip shortage, which slows down their manufacturing. So, without taking account the decline in the shares of Rivian, Ford said they made $2.3 billion before interest and in taxes. So, still pretty friggin' good. And then Netflix is <laughs> just awful. Netflix is the worst performing stock in the S&P 500. And a lot of it was because of password sharing. And also a lot of it is because everybody has their own content now, all the other streaming services. So remember when Netflix first came out and they had all kinds of cool movies and TV shows from every possible channel? Well, the problem is they all have their own channels now. So they're pulling all their shit from Amazon and, or from Netflix and all you have left is Netflix original movies and who wants to watch that garbage? I haven't had Netflix forever. I haven't had Netflix Even before, and I would never get it because the CEO, Reed Hastings, is a huge backer of fucking dumbass California Governor Gavin Newsom. He gave him something like $4 million to defeat the recall. I'll never forgive him for that. Quickly, headlines. The FAA is investigating a crash after those two guys tried that mid air pilot swapping stunt. Yeah, Luke Akins and Andy Farrington wanted to send their Cessna 182 planes into tandem nosedives and then jump out midair to switch planes. While they are now investigating, nobody was injured thanks to this. One of the pilots did land safely by parachute as his plane spun out of control and crashed. Um, The other pilot did regain control of his plane and did land safely. How about that? One of you guys uh, said you had the video of this because you were on site, so I still haven't seen a good video, so go ahead and send that to me. Uh, and let's go to the Air Force, my beloved Air Force. In a first, a general has been convicted of sexual abuse. Major General William T. Cooley faces up to seven years in prison and dismissal from the Air Force. Yeah, he was found guilty of forcibly kissing a woman in 2018. Uh, among other things, he kissed her on the lips. He cupped her breast. And by the way, his woman is, the woman is his sister-in-law. So he, t- he tried to get his wife's sister. I mean, how do you not love this guy? I'm just kidding. It's very wrong. Um, the, she, he uh, forced the woman to touch him over his clothing and touched her breasts and genitals through her clothes while she was giving him a ride back to her house. Oh, man. Oh, Cooley. That's great. Uh, What else? A man who fled the United States in 2005 has pled guilty to environmental arson conspiracies. Joseph Mahmoud Debi, now 53, was an active member of an environmental extremist group that ignited improvised bombs at animal processing facilities. Yeah. He fled the United States nearly two decades ago. And he fled in 2005. He was indicted in 2006. But apparently he gave, um, gave himself up. He was part of that Earth Liberation Front. You remember, remember them, you guys? Elf? They were really all over the news there for like a year. And then it just kind of died off. They're very secretive. But they were... Connected to more than 40 criminal acts amounting to more than $45 million in damages. Oh, I remember this one. One of the most significant arson attacks occurred in October 1998 at the Vail Ski Resort in Colorado. And that caused an estimated $26 million in damages. So he's in federal court right now facing the, the big man. We got some tornadoes going through Kansas. Uh, that just happened last night and uh, damaged dozens of properties in Wichita, Kansas, ripped through houses, power lines. Uh, Right now, I have not heard any fatalities, but about 50 to 100 structures have been damaged in the city. The tornado was one of several that touched down in Kansas and Nebraska. Hopefully nothing serious happens there. All right. Let's see. A former U.S. ambassador to Qatar... I'm sorry, to Pakistan, has pled guilty to illegal lobbying and hiding gifts. Richard Olson is a retired diplomat who recently served as ambassador to Pakistan and the UAE. Oh, yeah, he did work for Qatar, kind of. He said he would plead guilty to charges of illegally lobbying for the government of Qatar and failure to disclose gifts he received while he was an ambassador. Fucking prick. He was a foreign service officer for 34 years and a U.S. special representative for Afghanistan and Pakistan from 2015 until 2016 when he retired. The Justice Department said he avoided disclosing and required ethics documents that he had received a first-class airplane ticket from New Mexico to London valued at more than $18,000 in a stay in a luxury hotel in London in January 2015. The payments were made by a Pakistani-American businessman. Yep. Yeah. Corruption everywhere. Uh, COVID, I'll just give you the numbers since I really fucking don't care anymore. COVID numbers, uh, The four, The we have 81,237,905 cases in the United States. The, that's a plus 52% in the 14-day change. Cases are continuing to go but there's no corresponding deaths. Total reported deaths, 991,921. That is a minus 32%. In the 14-day change. The former civilian leader of Myanmar has been found guilty ahead of the Joe Biden summit. That is Aung San Suu Kyi. You guys remember her? A court has sentenced the ousted civilian leader to five years in prison after finding her guilty of corruption for accepting about $1.3 million in gold bars and cash from a close political allies. I'd love to have $1.3 fucking million dollars in gold bars and cash. Uh, yet another one of these stories. A blast at an illegal Nigerian oil refinery has killed more than 100 people. Yeah. I do these a lot. This was on the border of Nigeria's rivers and Emo states. And this completely destroyed a section of the forest. And once again, these are people who tap into the pipeline. Poor people trying to siphon off gas and, and oil. And uh, the crude oil is, you know, they got this web of pipelines all over the place. So people try to tap into it and steal it. And then some fucking guy is uh, smoking a cig or doing whatever they do. And it uh, happens all the time. I've covered these stories in the past. And in this case, this was a big one. Fucking hundred people, dude. That's a lot. A Sup- the Supreme Court has allowed an elite high school's new admission rules. A group including parents of Asian American students sued... Over the new criteria at Thomas Jefferson High School for Science and Technology in Virginia. The new policies were eliminating standardized tests. And you know where this is going. This is all because the school wanted to diversify the student body. They don't care about... nobody. No school in America gives a shit about educational attainment anymore. All they care about is skin color and genitals. That's it. They changed their admissions requirements in 2020 over the wake of protests over the stupid murder of St. George Floyd. You believe that fuck who continues to resonate? He, yeah, and yes, it was wrong how he died, but I'm so tired of this. Fucking dude, get over it. The guy was a fucking menace to society and a lifelong criminal. Jesus, let it go, dude. And the cops in jail, it's over. We had this massive hysterical overreaction to it. I will never get over the Houston police giving him a state funeral with a flag draped coffin. I will fucking never get over that. Uh what else? Um Let me just see here really quick. I'm just I just want to make sure I don't um miss any good ones. Oh, a lot of you guys sent me this. The stampede that broke out at the Israeli airport because that doofus American family has tried to smuggle the unexploded shell through security as a souvenir. <laughs> the crowd started sprinting away when they pulled it out. Yeah. This was Ben Gurion Airport in Tel Aviv. And the staff... Oh, well, don't do The staff slammed the alarm. I guess they were really panicked by it. It was a pretty big shell, too. Did you see pictures of it? This was not a tiny thing. This is like, the size of, like, I would say a good foot-long shell. And the staff, uh, everybody freaked out and ran. And finally, let's go, guys, to the big finish because I am out of time. And here we go. This is not good. Let's go to Malaysia. A 63-year-old man in Malaysia has raped a cat to death. (laughs) The cat has died as a result. 63. This is in a place called Johor Bahru. And it was on a playground. And it was around 4.30 in the morning on April 16th that the unemployed man, shockingly, forced himself on the cat in the housing area at a children's playground. He has pled guilty to having unnatural intercourse with a cat, uh, causing its death. He did not deny the charges read to him in front of the judge, which stated that he had carnal intercourse against the order of nature. (laughs) That's great. Hey, I wouldn't mind having a little carnal intercourse against the order of nature, if you guys know what I mean. That's great. I love the way they phrase these things. He was charged under Section 377 of Malaysia's Penal Code, which carries a possible jail term of 20 years and a fine or whipping. Because he is older than 50, he is unlikely to be whipped. Uh, He was offered to be bailed out, but he asked for the sum to be reduced as he was unemployed and had recently arrived from a different city. He said he was living with a daughter. And he was unsure if his daughter would post bail for him. Yeah, fucking don't do that, dude. Do not do that. Oh, and just interestingly, in the same story, they said they uh, arrested two guys who were on video setting off firecrackers in a cat's anus. They posted a video of it online. And because the citizenry was outraged, this was also in Malaysia... They were picked up. Guys, there's your fucking big finish. God, I can't take anymore. That's all I got. That's two and a half hours. No breaks, no editing. The Steel Trap, mind you guys, is the only one capable of doing it. I keep trying to tell you nobody else is capable of doing this. No, oh, by the way, random people on social media, stop asking me to come on the podcast. I keep telling everybody I do not have guests. Although I would make a change if it was something, somebody like really, really fucking huge. Uh, short of that, Everybody else has guests. I keep telling you I want to differentiate myself. I want to do my own thing. I want to be known for being the only guy solo going two and a half hours talking because let's face it, none of these other yahoos is capable of pulling off such a feat. Uh, Please uh, go to Patreon, you guys, if you wouldn't mind. Go to Patreon.com. If you'd support the podcast, I'd love to have you. Go to Patreon.com. Type BK Actual into the search bar. And... just pledge like a buck or two. That's all I ever ask. Some of you are extremely generous, and I love that, but I don't ask for much. Uh, but think about it, you guys. You're paying fucking five, $5 per coffee every goddamn morning. And all I'm asking is like for a buck a month for all this for cat anus stories. How can you beat it? You can't. Guys, that's all I got for you. Please follow me on Twitter at BravoKiloActual and check out that Instagram at BKActual. And I'm out of here. I'll see you next week. I'm